This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. It was the tier one of times. It was the tier three of times. It was the age of Independence Day. It was the age of Rocky IV. Mm. It was the pumpkin spice episode. Mm. It was the winter episode. No. It was the season of Les Mis. Mm. It was the season of Phantom. Yes. We had 10 things before us. We had 10 days behind us. We were all going direct to Taco Bell. We were all going direct to bathroom etiquette. <laughs> In short, this tale of two stories is Bacon Sale. Yay! That was like a professional intro right there. Yeah, he wrote that. Who but was that? We'll, we'll, we'll get to get that in a sec. We'll get to a sec. Yeah. Because welcome to Bacon Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, the first part of our 2000s alt-rock tournament. I think the feedback's been pretty good, honestly. I, well, I got some feedback there right here. There was some anger. There was a little bit of anger, uh, such as Shane Hyde, who said, Joel, it was like a knife to my soul when you kicked out my chemical romance. That is one of my favorite bands. Sorry. Can I talk about what happened after the show? Both Joel and Jacob here said, Arcade Fire is great. We shouldn't have knocked them out of the tournament. And he, didn't I said, know, he didn't know I was trolling him, did he? <laughs> I don't think he did. I was being serious to make you feel better. I'm giving Joel you daggerized right now. <laughs> uh, also, Becca Garner said, I started sweating when you guys were discussing gorillas versus Arctic monkeys. I'm so glad you made the right choice. You're wrong, Becca, but okay. No, you're She's welcome. right. She was uh, definitely right. And then also we had... I really uh, surprised Kent with that one. Chidwick on Twitter. Uh, he said, I'm not as angry as I expected. Still mad and confused, but pleasantly surprised that some of the bad decisions I expected didn't happen. So, yet. well done, Bacon Cell, I guess. <laughs> That's a yet. Thanks. There's always we? a yet. We can disappoint you soon. Because we will be doing the next part of the show next week. Correct. Uh, where we'll be finishing our bracket. And uh, hope you're playing along at home and filling out the brackets. You can do that at BaconCell.com. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Jacob? Today, honestly, this is a subject that's been a long time coming. It's a really good idea, and I'm glad we're finally getting to it. This is going to be the episode on book-to-movie adaptations. And we have one very, very favorite guest here. Uh, I was thinking about what adjective you were going with that one. What? <laughs> Who uh, finally brought this up and said, oh, this is the one I want to do. So welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, uh, we, Drew, Drew Cutler, by the way. Do we call you yes. Drew Cutler or do we call you Crew Dutler? Crew Dutler. Either way. It actually, I don't, I you actually, can call me Drew here. Yeah, I, I, Crew, I, I wanted to say it many times, actually. It's okay. Yeah, it's the association. So, Drew, you are uh, an I Am The Listener patron, and this yes. is your show. As a patron, you got to choose, and you decided on this one. Why, why books to film adaptations? I love books. I spend most of my time when I'm not listening to Bacon Sale, listening to books. I listen to about 80 to 90 books a year. Wow. Awesome. And love seeing movies as well. Do you primarily prefer fiction or nonfiction? Like what's your genre? Mostly fiction, science fiction, Mm -hmm. top, fantasy, and then biography and history. There's some women's literature in there that I like, but... You know, mostly go you got to mix it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go oh, on. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what does that mean exactly? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like Once Upon a River, which is totally a romance and it's really good. Book, it's one of my favorites of last year. Is it? Oh, yeah. Did you read I, it? I don't you know. Just you made that that okay. yeah. well, oh, I, I forgot. Drew, why don't you introduce yourself oh, as well to the, to the group, uh, to the listener out there of who you are? And uh, yeah, I'm a longtime lowercase listener. Uh, ben, Since uh, when? I. Episode before two? the Pokemon episode, episode I'm sure not but since the very beginning. Yeah, I, I no, I think I had to catch up like three or four episodes. Okay, so. uh, but That's I start out really fact checking you guys on the and commenting on your website. You know, you're one of the original yeah. fact That's checkers. I think early. you are the original fact checker. Am I? I? So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, and Drew, you so, and I know each other. We go way back. Oh yeah, uh, Portugal. We both yes. uh, served together on, on our Latter Day missions in Portugal. Mm-hmm. You guys have a history together, and so when Drew started listening and started That's engaging on social media. 
it was because of Joel and you'd often agree with him. And I didn't realize I fully made it until you started agreeing with me on some shows. <laughs> against Joel, and I was like, okay. I was shocked when I started agreeing with you. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how am I agreeing with Kent? I'm like, he's joined me in the sun. It's that <laughs> cycle of cynicism. It happens to us all. Is that the sun? Yes. It's the sun. It's very hot. Yeah. Maybe an yeah. atomic bomb, maybe yeah. that you're basking in the glow of. But anything else you want to say about yourself, who you are, what you do? Um, I work for the Air Force. I'm an attorney with the National Guard Air Force branch. So We brought an attorney Guard. onto a category show yes. to argue with us? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to argue. Hopefully we agree. Hopefully we agree. Well, I don't think we're going to We've never got a full episode without arguing. <laughs> it's true. Well, but no, so we have. We, we have, Ken. We have gone without arguing. No, we haven't. <laughs> yes, we have. No, we haven't. So uh, we have an interesting show today, though, because we're going to do a standard category show. But w- like we used to back in the old days, we've got a few quiz questions in the middle. But before we, we do. get into that, we have some questions for you. Yeah. yeah. I remembered. I had it on my page so I wouldn't forget. I totally forgot. I've prepared. Uh, oh, really? I wrote down all So, Drew, we have a series of questions for you. Okay. Answer these questions as quickly as possible. Even if you don't have a strong opinion, make a choice. You'll make one of us happy. There's no right or wrong answer. Although there is. Are you ready, Drew? Yes. Okay. Question one. Which is better, Karate Kid 1 or Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid 1. Okay. Which is worse, Star Wars Episode 1 or Star Wars Episode 2? I saw Star Wars Episode 1 on the mission, so Star Wars Episode 2 is the worst. Yep, that's right. That's that's sinning, but okay. Uh, (laughs) Hey, our mission president let us. (laughs) Do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? Stars, because I rate my books that way. not going well. Which which is the more America movie, Rocky IV or Independence Day? Independence Day. This is is like a sweep, (laughs) Ken. Number five, is Nightmare Before Christmas Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Totally a Halloween movie. Okay, Sorry, Joel. Uh, Buffy or X Files? X Files. Yeah. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Lord of the Rings. Okay. It's a book first. Which movie? Yeah, like two and eight? <laughs> yes. Which movie is more Christmassy? Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good day. Not because, mostly have because. Okay, okay, hold on. I thought Drew? the argument was really good on, Thank the, you. on the show. Drew, so, if yes. you haven't listened, go back and listen to that episode. He's already your friend. Arguments. You don't I know. need to try to win don't, him don't over. Worry. I think I'm pretty even here. So, <laughs> so far not. <laughs> uh, I counted them up. Fan of the Opera or Les Mis? Uh, Les Mis. I'll take it. Again, it's a book first. Labyrinth so. or Never Ending Story? Never Ending Story. Nice. Book first. How to Lose a Guy in 10 <laughs> Days or 10 Things I Hate About You? Book Ten first. 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. It did get even. And no, I, I got one more. Yeah. What? That's the other questions. No, but so and I say GIF instead of JIF. No, that's not, that's not an official <laughs> that question. Be a question. <laughs> oh my gosh, that should, it should be. be. No, it's not a versus show. Actually, it would start too many wars. <laughs> it probably oh. would. But Fan of the Opera was a book too. Uh, it was a book first. Okay. Forgettable. It's true. Yeah. But not like an awesome book. Like, what? He's right. <laughs> Victor Hugo. Oh, the unabridged version is so tedious. I believe it is. It, there, yeah. there are parts that are. And the abridged version, I'm like, I know this all. And I read yeah. the unabridged version. I'm like. And you're like, Ugh. when's the singing start? <laughs> There's no singing. <laughs> Where do the people sing? When do the people Can sing? Can you hear the people but you sing? Have to, if you read just the. Uh, uh, just the abridged version, you do miss a lot of good stuff true. about John Valjean. He's right? like the Superman of France. And tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was going to ask so. you guys just to kind of start off, and Jacob, you can you can chime in as well. No, Please do. No, uh, I don't think so. What's your reading like? What's your reading persona? Your reading history? Like, who are you when it comes to reading? Do you read a lot, or do you prefer not to read? Let's 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 let our guests go first. I read a lot. I think I already said how yes. much I read, and it, and by read I say I mean I listen. I it's been years since I've actually read a book. I have a you know the only time I noticed a difference because I, I listen to a lot of books on tape as yeah. well. Books on tape. I still call it books. On tape. I know it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Audio books. Audio books. <laughs> uh, but the only time I realized it was not as effective was on Angels and Demons. Because they were talking about like the symbol and yeah, how diagrams. it looks, right. and I'm like, yeah. I can't see it, so I have yeah. no idea what they're talking about here. 
Yeah. But uh, have you always been a big reader? Yes. Growing up, I read a lot. I was, I would sit on the side of the playground and just read books and yeah, love to read. And Kent does that now and the cops tell him to go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only Wait, in playground. <laughs> what <did> I agree. <laughs> Kent, what about you? So it all started with Book It back in the day when I would read a book the and get hut a, uh, the Pizza Hut star. Oh, and I get that <laughs> some pan pizza. That was in Missouri. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had them all We over. have a shared childhood experience. <gasps> it's finally oh happening. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's it. Make itself done. That's all we were up to accomplish. Wow. It all started with Pizza boop. Hut. Finger boop. Not with coronavirus. <laughs> no, no. We can't touch anymore. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I started reading then and then it, I really started reading more in high school with like the, the mandatory reading you have to do. But those mm-hmm. are still some of my favorite books. And then in my 20s in the college years, a real resurgence. But it was into like kind of like the nihilistic sort of Kurt Vonnegut, Chuck Palahniuk sort of stuff. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of continued from there. And now, sadly, I am into audiobooks as well. But I used to be part of a book club. I and think it was it's sadly, though, because you're still, you're still yeah. reading. Oh, it's still reading. Yeah, but I hate, it to is like, still reading. I hate to be like, oh, yeah, I read that one as I was in the car in traffic. That's you it. did. Like, it, it's, it's a way to be able to read. It and there are like studies that say it's the same, it has the same impact on your brain right. and everything else as but actual reading. Books to so. me are a way to broaden my horizon. Like in my 20s, I was in a book club. I was the only guy and there were like 40-year-old women in this book club. <laughs> and I knew I'd be reading books that I never wanted to read. Right. And which Twilight was one of the series that we read. That was that at was that time. Own. I read that too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did broaden my horizons and that's what for me novel, novels do. And I'm primarily a fiction reader because i like the escape yeah so what about you joel i've always been a big fan of reading like as a kid i loved reading books and i remember i used to read a lot of like kind of horror books Mm -hmm. and my dad like like edgar Allan poe or what no i mean like kid horror like you know goosebumps type stuff and horror like horror stories scary stories telling dark and things like that like all these different novels and mysteries and and stuff like that yeah these were i remember my dad forced me one time he's like you can't check any other halloween or horror related books out until you read and it was uh oh what was the name of it it's a book about a kid who uh a firecracker explodes in his face and he has to learn how to be blind essentially oh it was a really well done book like it's one of those kind of kid novels of like you know learning how to deal with being blind Hmm. and i remember being really impressed by it i'm like oh that kind of broadened my horizon and i started looking around at other books sadly i don't read as much as i used to and I want it to. It takes time. It obviously. does. It does. Yeah. A lot so more do you, time than we do. That's why you do audio books. books now? I listen to audio books, but I also have, always have a book on my nightstand that I work through, but it takes me a long time to do. Like mm-hmm. you do like a couple a and year? The problem is, yeah, a couple a year, yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing is like, you know, probably probably under, probably about 10 a year. You're Five way ahead of most of America then. Well, but I, Reading I, one book a year, you're way ahead If I would just give myself more time to do that, I'd yeah. be happy. And the problem is, though, I have a bunch of friends who are authors and they're all writing books and I feel obligated to read them. <laughs> and so then I'm like, I'm so far behind on all these books, but I got to finish this stupid book first. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So I love reading and I love seeing my kids are loving reading, too. That's a great thing to, to see. Jacob? Uh, well, for me, I've got... Well, I mean, you guys know I grew up in the sticks and stuff, but I remember I read this abridged version in fourth grade of the Counts of uh, Monte Cristo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was so good. I was like, this is amazing. Maybe I love books. But (laughs) I actually ended up getting my undergrad and did graduate work in English and you had to, and it was literature focused. Mm -hmm. So it's been so much reading. Uh, Recently, it's, I mean, I've read, I, I love biographies as well as, if I'm reading fiction, it has to be like, 
uh, literature at this point. Like mm-hmm. I've become kind of a snob. Like I can't, I can't <laughs> read fun stuff anymore. You don't mix no. it up though, because I'll read something like crime and punishment. And then to Ooh. mix it up, I'll read a Dean Koontz novel. That's my favorite book. Honestly, just yeah. to kind of have the popcorn That's in heavy. between the deep books. Oh, crime and punishment. It's amazing. amazing. I've never read crime and punishment. It's a oh, masterpiece. Go, okay. go. Now read we that sound thing. like elitist, but definitely read it. I yeah. Should. yeah. All right. I like Putting young adult fiction. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we all do. But I totally agree. Crime and punishment. One of my favorite things though, is getting caught. So cut up in a book that I can like see what's going on. Like, I love that when I get, when I, my emotions start getting pulled into a book. It's one of my favorite yeah. feelings in the world. Oh, it is. It is. Just keep the pages dirty. Well, when you get pulled in, Crime and Punishment, for example, not to go linger too long on this, it does the opposite, is it pulls you in and gives you a terrible experience. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> it changes you because Maybe it's so bad. Like, it's interesting. You're like, holy cow, I have now experienced, like, terrible things. Mm-hmm. But what I love about audiobooks is mm-hmm. that you have the performance of the reader, which adds a that whole really nother good. level can make to or it. break. When I do, it, yeah, can, it can, it can. There are some books that I just turn off automatically because the reader's bad. See, Audible for me is perfect for like these books that I'm like, oh, I'm never going to read this. Like it's like self-help or inspirational or these right. like these PhDs that have like, this is my life study. Let me just summarize it for you in a book. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I'm reading one right now called Lifespan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, it's basically this guy at Harvard that's been studying how to stop or reverse aging. And he actually mm. has tons of like info on it, like oh, it's interesting. Don't yeah. get no, and I agree. The reader exactly. does make a difference. Like I, I re- listen. It'll to go it, a like, long way. <laughs> I listen to Jim Dale read the Harry Potter books with my kids, and I'm like, there's yeah. nothing fantastic, better. right? Uh-huh. Oh, and yeah, then I, I was great. listening to the BFG with my kids one time, and I had to turn it off because it was the most annoying Cursing. narrator I've oh, ever yeah. heard. Like, I listened just, to ha- the Song of Fire and Ice, and yeah. it's just like this old, gruff British guy, and he's like, I'm Aria, come over here. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Agrodis, no. Yes, <laughs> it is Agrodis, It Aria. makes or breaks it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris O'Dowd does Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, does he? And he's amazing in that. I so. like his I like his voice. If you don't know Chris O'Dowd, IT yeah. crowd, uh, uh, Bridesmaids, what else? Moon Boy. Yeah, Moon Boy. Yes. Where's my jumper? But <laughs> this episode is about books that have been turned into movies. Yes, and we, right. have, we could do a whole episode just on books. Oh, too, and we, we well, yeah, many books. We could. We have some categories that we're going to go through. Yep. Right. An unspecified number. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's definitely not numbered out on the page I'm looking at. <laughs> but I totally believe in us that we can get through these things. So are you guys ready to begin? Oh, Let's, also one other thing, and Joel mentioned this earlier. We're going to have a interrupting quiz. That was uh, Kent. Every uh, was we sound the same? I don't know. Who can tell I you don't guys have apart? My name's Joel. Honestly, I'm Kent. everyone, everyone hey, I know, Jake. they're like, we can't tell, I can't tell the difference between you guys. I get, like, oh, really? I get blamed for so much Kent stuff. I get credit for a lot of Joel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Are you guys Wait, ready to sh- begin? Should we give the, the how we um, narrowed it down? Like, there's yeah. fiction books. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, actually. Go through that. Drew. It has fiction books. And then we have to have read the book and seen the movie. Yes. yes. That, you can't have, I just saw the movie or I just read the book. So Right, yeah. And narrow that's, it I down. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was going to narrow it down quite a bit, honestly. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. so Jake, get us started. All right. First one. This is where you hate the book, but you love the movie. This one was an Academy Award winner movie. Mm-hmm. The book is horrible. It's Forrest Gump. I don't oh, know if oh, anybody Never has, read the book. Don't. Never. Stay <laughs> away from the book. The book is about a six-foot potty-mouthed wrestler and running back who becomes a world-class chess and ping-pong player opened a stripping business, earned the Medal of Honor, traveled to outer space with a chimpanzee, what? crashed in the jungle to survive, but then was taken hostage by cannibals, escaped, came back to the U.S., met Raquel Welch, and became a, a nudist with her around Hollywood. I do not remember it. And a lot of so much parts. other stuff. The director's it's, cut's got to be so, so different. Dumb. Is this like a sequel that came like straight to DVD at some no, point? <laughs> that was the book. Started like Tom Sizemore as so, Forrest Gump. I'm assuming that you watched, you read the book after seeing the movie. Yes. 
And um, it was just nothing like the movie. Nothing like the movie. Like what Zemeckis did with the screenplay is just gold. Like how do you take that book and say, I like this. This could be a great love story. It sounds like it was just an idea. He's like, yeah. oh, there's some interesting ideas here. I'm going to rework all of this. Yeah. yeah. And I found that that's the case, that if they can pull out the core story of movies, because the truth is there's no way you can put everything in a book right. in a no, feature-length film. It. And so I give movies a lot of a, pass, uh, a lot of a pass sometimes where it's like, yeah. you know what? I know you can do everything, mm-hmm. but when they actually kind of make it better, that's very impressive. This, yeah. And like, just, w- just as an example in the book, they, a Forrest Gump says being an idiot is no box of chocolates. Oh, that's, that's so dumb. Far less quotable. Yes. <laughs> he, doesn't, he never says life is like, no, a box of not chocolates. in the book. That is what? pure movie. Being an idiot film. is far less who, than a box of chocolates. Who was the original author of Force Gun? Uh, it is Winston Groom. Was he involved with the screenplay at all? Do you know? No, Probably he not. sold it and nobody. Uh, the screenplay was written by Eric Roth, who did Benjamin Button. Do you happen to know like how far between when the book was written and when the movie came out? Oh, I'm, I'm, ca- the book was written in 1986. It came out in 1994. Oh. Yeah, okay. not too far. So, huh. Yeah. So well, as the spirit of like a discoverer, someone that has been around during pivotal events in history, yeah. but that's really where the left it yes yeah he's not very smart in the book he's actually a savant he's really smart in mm-hmm. physics and math but an idiot and everything else and was the book successful out. yes it was on the bestseller list for well what is it really you can release yeah. a book and have it be on. <laughs> so all right Ken? I'm crazy so i went with uh jaws Oh, you read Jaws? Yeah, I read Jaws. Jaws is a I've book. Re- yes. yes. Oh, it's a good book. Written by Peter. I've, but I've only written, I've like, read part of it. I've yeah. read the whole thing. You wouldn't <laughs> like it. I can promise you now you won't like it. No, it's totally different. Yeah, it's written by Peter Benchley in 1974. It's 278 pages. So the book obviously has a large shark in it. And that is the focal point. But I say that almost with an asterisk because in the movie, Jaws, you see things from his point of view. This is a roller coaster ride that Steven Spielberg has crafted. Mm-hmm. And it's something... Somehow amazing, even though that movie was almost a disaster. But what he did is he created the first blockbuster ever. Right. The oh, yeah. book instead focuses, yeah, there's shark attacks and about the same amount of people die. But in 300 pages, you get more of these subplots about the characters. So another really loose adaptation. Really loose. Like, because in there's the movie, a shark. In the movie, it's like, here's Brody, his wife, mm-hmm. two sons, and there's a, there's a jerk of a mare and his uh, crewmates, basically. Well, in this one, it's like uh, Brody's wife is having... Um, an affair. An affair with Hooper, who is Richard Dreyfuss' Was he trying character. to find like a nicer word? He was. I was. An affair is a pretty soft word. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> it's family friendly. It's like eye relations with Hooper. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> that sounded worse. Somehow that sounded worse. And, um, there's a whole subplot about the mayor, who is a jerk in the book too, but he, he's tied to the mob. And you're like, why would I need this in a shark movie? Yeah, that makes no um, sense. Also, the way that Quint dies, spoiler alert for Jaws, Quint dies in the movie because he tells this whole horrifying story. The scariest part about them in the movie. Doll's eyes. Yeah, about the, the sharks attacking the USS Indianapolis. And then he gets eaten by Jaws. In the book, he hits him with the javelin, gets tied up in the rope, and based, kind of like Captain Ahab, so it is more mm-hmm. literature-based. Mm-hmm. But he drowns. And it's like, meh. And then the end of the Jaws book, Jaws is about to eat Brody. And then kind of just Spoiler gives alert. in. He, he gives in because he is hit by a harpoon and kind of exhausts himself to death. That is the way Jaws dies in the book. There's no die, you son of a gun. There's no, none of that, no explosion. <laughs> but Peter Benchley did not want the ending that Spielberg did. He's like, that's too much. It's, it's too Hollywood. And Spielberg is like, welcome to Hollywood. Like, this is what <laughs> this we're going to make. We're doing, and yeah. so Peter Benchley got kicked off the set and just basically hated the project ever since. A lot of authors <laughs> do. Kind of like Drew, with Drew's. It was a bestseller. It just was a really bland book. And I read it, you know, probably 15 years ago. 
And I was like, okay. And I think there are sequels, but I was like, I'll never care to read any just of this two, work again. Just 3D. No, just not the revenge. Just 3D, the novel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> it's it's pretty lackluster. Um, so mine, it's kind of a cheat, but it was the one that came to mind. I tried not to overthink this because I sometimes in these category shows, I get in my head and oh. I just kind of overthink it and change it and change it. This time I tried to go with like, okay, just go with your gut. And so for this one, I actually chose To Kill a Mockingbird. What? Because hate the book? I was How? forced to read the book oh. in high school. Oh, okay. And it became this oh, thing where I was, I was having to struggle through book. chapters. It's a great book. I've since grown to love it. That's, okay. why, that's, that's why it's a cheat. Some but like at the time, I remember I was like forced to go through it. And they're like, hey, what does this symbolize? And what does this symbolize? And that's I was like, way. I hate this. They do yeah. kind of hammer it. But then I saw the movie there. years down the road, later yeah. after that. And I saw the movie and I'm like, well, that's, that's really good. Yeah. And then I went and back and read it on my own. And all of a sudden it was like, Okay, I like this book now. Yeah. Gregory Peck? Yeah, yes. Gregory Peck. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. And it uh, won Best Actor for Gregory Peck. Uh, won a couple other Oscars as well. Uh, Harper Lee, who wrote who wrote the original book back in 1960. And the movie was made in 1962. Wow, wow. that's a quick that's adaptation. Yeah. yeah. But it, the thing that blows my mind about Harper Lee is that this was the only book that she wrote for the longest time. Yeah, it's like a prodigy sort one of thing. One and only book. One and only book. She came out later on. They came out with, oh, what was the name of it? It was her one and only book. Ghost Set of Watchmen. No, it was her well, one and only book. Is it, yeah. <laughs> it was her only published book until it's not hers. Ghost Set of Watchmen, an earlier draft of To Kill okay, the Mockingbird yeah. was published in 2015. Yeah, her housekeeper released it or something. Yeah, it was a whole controversy oh. behind it. But yeah. the fact that she wrote this one book and it became this huge popular book uh-huh. is so mind-blowing to me. And then Gregory Peck's performance was so good that uh, Harper Lee gave him her father's pocket watch and he played the character that was based on her father. When she first saw the first scene with him walking home, she cried because she thought it looked exactly like her father. Yeah. Like she was... Oh, it's very autobiographical. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she, like Gregory Peck, was the epitome of her father. She's like, that was my dad. Yeah. And since since this is my role as family-friendly liaison on Bacon Cell, I'm giving the content alert that, yes, there are a lot of kind of adult words and adult situations in this. Like a fair. But it's one of those books. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yes. Kent, calm it down. I'm sorry. It's about racism. There's, there's Cross the uh, line, sexual man. assault. There's all these sure. things in this book. There's some language that you may not agree with. But here's the thing. This is a, a, an important book to read yeah. because it portrays the ugly as ugly and the good is good. And that's one thing mm-hmm. I can really appreciate in a lot of these books. Yeah. I just want to give a plea to all the listener out there. If you hated a book that you read in high school, read it on your own accord as like a choice. It's a whole, whole different experience. Very true. <laughs> yes. I tried that with Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. It's terrible again. (laughs) (laughs) Hate it more. (laughs) All right. Next category is going to be the reverse. What was the really, really great book that had a terrible movie? I'll go first on this one. Okay. So this one is my cheat. This is the nonfiction. Okay. Because I chose Unbroken, a World War II story of survival, resilience, and redemption by Lauren, Laura Hillenbrand. I've never read, read that this book? book. So It's a well, great yeah. book. Well, so this was one of those books on tape that we put on on a drive home. That sounds like a great one. Oh, it's fantastic. It's... This is when we put on a drive home, and I remember we got home, and I hadn't finished the book yet. Mm-hmm. And so I literally got out of the car and like plugged in my headphones and just did yard work so I could finish up the last little bit of it. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I wanted to finish this book. So if you don't know, this is a story of, uh, it's a biography of World War II hero Louis Zamperini. Uh, he's a former Olympic track star who survived a plane crash in the Pacific, spent 47 days drifting on a raft, and survived two and a half years as a prisoner of war uh, in three brutal Japanese prisoner of war camps. It's so, like three books in one. That's what I, that's what I, I actually four books I wrote yeah. down here because you have his story about getting to the Olympics, which was amazing. Yes. And then you have his days on a life raft where literally there's a part, and this is all true story, 
where a Japanese plane was shooting at him, and so they dive out of the life raft, and there were sharks circling around the life raft, so they had to dive back into the boat. It was like, and then they had to go back in the water. The plane kept coming back and forth. It's horrifying. Yikes! And then they have him at a POW camp, and you learn about the bird, who's this horrible, horrible leader in the Japanese army who just tortures him. And then after he gets home, he has this crisis of faith, which is kind of the crux of the entire book. Is that this guy went through literally hell Mm -hmm. uh, to then come out of the other end without his faith, and he had to regain it. And it's this amazing story. It's just fantastic. And then Angelina Jolie directed the movie, and I was like, (gasps) let's watch it. This is going to be great. So flat, just so lifeless. Yeah. Lost the soul of the book. It did. Yeah. And so I got to the end, and I'm like, that was a waste of my time. I want to go read the book again and to just mm-hmm. rinse that movie out of my yeah. head. Maybe I should read the book because that killed any drive for me. Yeah. To read the oh, book. the book is so good. Highly recommend it. Very good. Uh, and good audio book. Yeah. Once again, so. content warning, very adult situations in this sure. one. I think there is some language as well, uh, but overall PG 13. We're okay. going to put our list together at the end of this. The oh, collective yeah. a book list. list. Yeah. yeah. All right, Drew. Uh, this is a 1957 book. It's about two bored children have their lives turned upside down when a talking cat comes to visit them. Great book. Cat in the Hat oh. by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out, was like, what kind of delusion is this? Oh, that delusion. <laughs> okay. This is an amazing book and a horrible, oh, yeah. horrible movie. This the Mike movie Myers. doesn't exist. It's, it's a Mike Myers, Myers movie. Yeah. Yeah. 2003 movie directed by Bo Welch, who hasn't directed anything else since. Thank goodness. What happened there? <laughs> but he did direct a series of unfortunate events on Netflix, which is a great That's adaptation. Actually, yeah. yeah. That's actually yes. very well done. Yeah. But movie-wise, he didn't do well. I think it's mostly because of the screenplay. The screenplay for Cat in the Hat was written by three writers from Seinfeld. And mm. so they put in a lot of adult innuendo. and uh, it, that, just, it was awkward. Yeah. Yes. If you have Paris Hilton cameoing in your children's movie, you got to wonder yeah. where your priorities are. Or when are. the Cat in the Hat takes a picture of their mom and does a centerfold opening yeah. it up. And no. It's, like, yeah. it's because of this movie that the widow of Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel's widow, has vowed never again to have live action Dr. Seuss. Oh. So, because of this. The Grinch was bad and then this one was just terrible. Terrible. Kent? All right, I'm going with my favorite book of all time, but the movies have never been good. It's Lord of the Flies. Oh. Yeah, okay. So Lord of the Flies is literally <laughs> one of my favorite books. Yes. Like up there. Top isn't, your, isn't this your favorite? It's kid? my favorite book of all time. Mandatory yeah. reading in school. Yeah. And that was one that I actually liked when I read it. Yeah. But I didn't, that didn't make it in my list because I, none of the movies, they were all meh for me. Right. So I didn't the one, hate them. The one I'm referring to came out in 1990. So the book was, was released, but William Golding wrote it in 1954, 224 pages. There's a 1963 version, which is okay, mm-hmm. but there's a 1990s one. So if you don't know the story of Lord of the Flies, it's a plane crashes on an uncharted island, stranding a group of schoolboys. At first, with no adult supervision, their freedom is something to celebrate. Order collapses and a hope of adventure. <laughs> Seems as far from reality as the hope of being rescued. You have some really nice kids, and it's right about... The crab gets crazy. Right, right before a war Poor and pig. everything, but they try to have order, and it gets really, really bad. And they may not even find survival because they keep, well, killing each other. Ken, I don't know if you... Did you have, like, a group of boys that you hung out with, like, a yes, group of friends? absolutely. Did you put them in the roles of who is who in this book? Of course. Because I totally have, like, cemented in my head, I each character I have picked out of who it was in my circle of friends. Well, you know what's funny? Were you, Piggy? No, thank goodness. <laughs> I was always Ralph. I would think I'm a Jack now. 
Truthfully. Really? Yeah. You're the Jack of Bacon. I would say I'm the Jack of Bacon. So. <laughs> or maybe Jake. I don't remember the characters' names Jake's anymore. The it's been too long. Um, <laughs> but no, it's interesting. So the 1990... Hold on. I have the conch. Let me speak. Oh, yeah. no, no. Here's the conch. Well played. You're gonna, no, you better watch it. We're, we're so in, in the movie, here. they moved like the time frame. So they move it to the 80s and they're all American kids, not British choir boys. Mm-hmm. They're all that about to go to a military academy. <clears> so you're not all that surprised when the turn of evil happens with mm-hmm. these kids. Because the military is evil? You know, we have a guy with the Air Force in the room, right? Can't. Well, they're just more aggressive, yeah. like, naturally. Uh, he's talking about the Army, Air Force. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. But they talk about ALF, the Russians in this movie, and it's just the acting is really bad as well. And mm-hmm. you read this book and you're like, there's so much symbolism, or at least I think there is. Mm-hmm. And it just works in such a short, tight book about survival. And I love it, but the movies are... I know a lot of people who hate this book, though. Like when I say it's one of my favorite books, people are like, really? Oh, it's so just... It's probably because they were forced to read it. And it's true. Maybe. It's true. Maybe. Yeah. It is yeah. an uncomfortable book, though. Oh, it is. It's it not a happy book. Yeah. I mean, kids are getting killed. So Yeah. Yeah. Bacon All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next category. This is the, uh, the book that you wish they had never made into a movie. I had so many choices on this one, but I had to pick one. Like, seriously, that I is how it works. Yeah. Five. That, that is literally so how it works. The Dark Tower is my choice. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you were so disappointed in that movie. It'd be better yeah. if they hadn't yeah. done it at all. And that's kind of yeah. what I look at this category as what can kill a legacy. Yeah. And if I'm talking to people about Stephen King, which I've read most of his books at this point, and mm-hmm. yes, I'll admit in this show and many others that his ending, like I would like to do a Stephen King show, but most of his endings are terrible. And I they think are. even he has admitted that. Mm-hmm. The Dark Tower is one of these series where he wanted to write Lord of the Rings. And he said, how can I write this in a very Stephen King way? Obviously, drugs were a little involved at this point. <laughs> but in 1982, he wrote The Gunslinger. And it's such a simple story about it's Roland of Gilead, and he is chasing the man in black. And granted, he does meet people along the way, but he is chasing one guy to kill him, and he doesn't know why. I love how you say it. It's such a simple story. Roland of Gilead is yeah, yeah. chasing <laughs> the man in black. Well, that's true, because it's like Arthur, it's got yeah. Lord of the Rings stuff in there, Arthurian legend. There's parallel universes at the same time. But it's so it simple. Keeps it, no, but it does. It keeps it so simple. The sequels get more into the mythology and canon there. Wait, when you say simple story, isn't it like 1,400 pages or something like that? No, this one is only... 800. No, this one is uh, less than 300, I believe. Oh, the first this one is? This is the shortest one. Oh, wow. And it's a very quick read. And... Then they made a movie, and they're like, oh, we have Idris Elba because he's the new hotness at, at this time. This is 2017. Uh-huh. And Matthew McConaughey is going to play the villain. And then It makes like, sense on paper. There was, it, it does. And then there's this child factory in the movie where they're using their minds to break the Dark Tower, and Roland wanted to save the Dark Tower, which never happens in the book. And there's like this character of Jake who you see it from his perspective. It should work. But it didn't. And in fact, if I said, you should read the seven Dark Tower books, which get up to about a thousand pages on some Mm -hmm. of them. People say, I saw the movie. I'll never read that. Uh And it kind of breaks my heart. It's a 90 minute movie. And there's so much to explain if they're they really should have got a TV show. Like yeah. a TV series yeah, for this. Good. That would have been good. But Most they would be better TV series. I totally agree. Well, this is a longer story to tell. Mm-hmm. You have room to build a character and, and an arc. Yes. Yeah. So the Dark Tower, because now we'll never see that in development, mm-hmm. which is maybe a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, same thing. I It's a book that I love and would have loved to see a great adaptation of it. This one wasn't quite... It's like it was just good enough to yeah. where 
they'll be like, no, we're never going to do that again. So, and that's Ender's Game. Oh, oh yeah. I love the book. Oh, yeah. been how did a, I forget about Ender's Game? How did you forget? Because I went to the go movie see it. was so forgettable. It is. It, it was is. super <laughs> forgettable. It really is. Wasn't it weird how they ruined the ending? Yes. Because in the book, you're reading it, you're like, oh, this training is really cool. I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't read it. But then mm-hmm. you're like, spoiler wow. Big yeah. twist. <laughs> Big twist. Yes. They're like, how the can we make this as bland as possible? Yes. Let's go with that. And they did it. Let's aim for the middle. The one thing I think they, well, okay, the one thing I thought they got right in Ender's Game. Harrison Ford? What, no, the, the, the zero gravity battles. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. battles would have been that great. That was great. In, in fact, the so uh, with The Hobbit, I got mad that they split that into three movies. Of course. Yeah. Three bad movies. Ender's Game is one of those books where I think they could have easily split it into three movies to flesh out battle school and right. yes. command school and then, yeah. you know, everything else in there and had great zero G battles yeah. instead it was just like two scenes and the zero yeah G that was, that was like the highlight, the highlight in that movie. one right yeah what ace of butterfield is yeah yes. yes. he's great yeah, yeah. he does do good uh, there was there was a review i wanted to read i enjoyed ender's game but i can't bring myself to love it besides removing subplots and rushing the story they actually did tell the story without adding dumb characters and unnecessary plot points it was fl- faithful yet hollow adaptation of the book i Faithfully can't hollows that's yeah it rings true it me. is i can't recommend spending ten dollars to see this that was Kent Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, redeemed. <laughs> awesome. And then this isn't the best adaptation of Orson Scott's no- cards novel, but it's probably as good as we're going to get. Joel Hilton. Clear play. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> this guy does his research. Wow. Uh, now I'm scared. <laughs> so we can have like an room? episode on, say, Ender's Game or whatever book where we have like a book to read and then we have like a spoiler a free. A book yeah, club? Can sale a book club. club. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. it could be fun, actually. All right. Yeah. So for mine, I went with uh, one that was a childhood favorite, and then they made a movie when I was an adult, and it was not good. It's Where the Wild Things oh. Are. No, it wasn't. But when, so, remember when you saw that trailer, and it looked so cool? With the Arcade Fire music? Yeah. <laughs> Which was yeah. great. Who should have made it? <laughs> uh, no, but this is only... Marie, uh, Marie Sendak wrote this book back in 1963, and the movie was made in 2009. And I think it's because... I mean, it's a children's book. This is like, uh-huh. you know, very short, just mostly pictures, uh, only 338 words long. And then they had Spike Jones directing it, who did Being John Malkovich and Adaptation. Sounds perfect. And like James Gandolfini was in it, uh, Catherine Keener, Catherine O'Hara. Like, I was actually kind of impressed with it. Okay, this could be good. And then I watched it, and yeah. uh, it really was one of those movies where... It kind of had a weird feeling, too, didn't it? They put so much stretched. filler in it that it was just, it was bland. Mm. It was bland and lifeless, whereas in the book... It's this kid who gets angry and has this whole imaginary adventure in his room. And it's like, did this really happen? Did it not? And as a kid, that's like fantasy come to reality is awesome. Right. And in the movie, it was like seeing how the sausage was made. And you're like, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to no. be. So I'm going to stay silent here. <laughs> you like the, you movie? the movie? I do. And yeah. it's, it might be a. Oh, it's coming category. up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well, more along the way, and the thing is, I'm not bashing on it as like a terrible movie, but I remember I watched the movie, and now every time I think of the book, I'm just kind of like, ah, I didn't really like the movie. So, yeah. I do want to bring up, too, originally it was supposed to be uh, a boy who gets angry and goes uh, to the land of wild horses, but then uh, Syndax realized he didn't know how to draw horses, <laughs> and so he changed it to wild things, just generic term i'm happy about that and he based yeah. their shapes on his relatives and um, named them after his relatives yeah too. named them after his relatives wow i'm worried about his it's relatives messed up well because he said they all he, he remember he is as a kid he observed his relatives being like large and have crazy faces and wild eyes blood-stained eyes he says and big yellow teeth <laughs> he pinched his cheeks until they were red 
All right, so this is the pitch category. This yes. is the book this that counts you for one of Kent's. It does not. <laughs> this, this is a freebie. This is the book that has not yet been made into a movie, but you really want it to happen. We're going to start with Drew. This book is a Theft of Swords by Michael Sullivan. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it. It's a fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can um, tell by the title. Yes. And it's basically like a buddy cop fantasy kind of thing. You've got a half elf and a rogue warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, they're thieves for hire, mercenaries for hire. And the comedy is great in it. It's got good chemistry between the two characters. And they they basically pull these heists, but then they help people along the way. Is so. this YA fiction or is this more of adult fantasy? YA. It's totally... It's Well, it's adult fantasy. There's nothing adult about it. Like, there's no swear words or anything. That's what I mean, it's like, you know, Wheel of Time isn't exactly YA. It's, or, it's, or it's, like, it's like Wheel of Time or Shinara, but okay. but it's more accessible than Wheel of Time. I've tried Wheel of Time. I've gotten through five of those books. Oh, this you can never better. make it past. I can't make it past the fifth book. Yeah. And I want to because Brandon Sanderson wrote the last book in the series, and I like Brandon San- Sanderson. But, uh, so my, are you saying it's funny as well? It's funny. It's got good humor. Mm-hmm. The audio book is read by Tim Gerard Reynolds, who is a fantastic reader. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend anything read by him. So if you're look at, trying to figure out what to re- listen to next on Audible, search Tim Gerard Reynolds. You'll be All right. This is surprised. obviously a big genre right now. Right. Yeah. So who would you have direct this, maybe yeah. star in it? So direct, I, I, I said Ron Howard just because he did well with Solo. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not thinking of anybody to do anything too artistic or anything. But well, and Willow. For, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Willow. 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 Yeah. So, so for the, for, but for the actors, they're middle-aged thieves, you know, so they got to be older. And I'm thinking Tom Hiddleston okay. and Hemsworth. You know, bring back oh. Asgard. All right. But as you know, but Tom Hiddleston characters. as a half elf. Does that fit their personalities? Where they're kind of one is more, you know, one's roguish. Yes. Yeah. 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 One totally. Sinister. So mine, I would, I would be a miss. I would be, I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to my friend Brandon Mole. And so I'm gonna pitch Fable Haven. Good why book. hasn't this Good been series. a movie? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you why. Because well, why he, he had saw the are terrible That's what I was going right to say. Now. So here's oh, the thing. It's true. It's I right up. Right uh, yeah. Fablehaven, if you haven't read it, it's a fantastic series of books, five books, mm-hmm. uh, really well done. And every time I see like a Spiderwick Chronicles or a Bridge of Terabithia and it's all these kind of lackluster. But these have all died. Yeah. And it's yeah. all like they try like, to do these, these series and then it's like, oh, it doesn't go anywhere and it's dead. And I, I'm, I was, every time I see them, I think Fablehaven would be so much better. Uh, so the synopsis Is it worse for the book when that happens? I think I it probably. is. Probably. I would think mm-hmm. so. But, uh, like Legacy is Artemis Fowl, the, the new Disney movie. Oh, yeah, it looks terrible. I don't like the book. So the okay. synopsis <laughs> of Fablehaven. Uh, two but siblings, I'm in the minority. Two one. siblings visit their grandparents who, unbeknownst to their family, are the owners of a nature preserve for magical creatures. So it's kind of this ma- world of magic is existing within our world, but you can't see it unless you do certain things. And then you can kind of get your eyes open to the world, the fantasy world. Okay. And the thing I really like about this is it's not just a fluffy fantasy novel. The characters in there you care about, there are consequences for actions. It's not everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Like bad stuff happens and they have to pay the consequences for it. To direct this one, I picked Guillermo del Toro. Perfect. Because he, I think he walks that fine line of between fantastical whimsy and dark and scary. It's a good choice. And I think this Fablehaven, especially in the later books, definitely gets into that. And but, he was meant to do The Hobbit originally. And yeah. Should have. Was he? Yeah. Yes. Mm. But should this is have. one where yes. uh, I also chose finding... Okay, so Seth and Kendra, the two main kids who are involved, they're like 13 and 11. And finding 13 and 11-year-old actors that I like their reputation was difficult. They've got to be newbies. But I ended up going <laughs> with Roman Griffin Davis from Jojo Rabbit That's as I Seth. Yeah. 
And then McKenna Grace, uh, who is, she's young Theodora mm-hmm. in Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, she's, she's really good. Yeah, so she, I think she'd be good. And, but then as Grandpa Sorensen, I picked J.K. Stimmons. And Grandma Sorensen, I picked Elizabeth Perkins. From, she's from Big and yeah. Miracle on 34th Street. She's the grandma. And so I just feel like it, this, this has been optioned for movie making in both 2006 and 2012, they almost made a fable Stuck movie, in development. But then it just yeah. kind of, you know, kind of died out. And Oft- so I hope it gets taken off. Yeah. Oftentimes I'll just buy books and just keep them on the shelf just to keep them out of the hands of other production yes. companies. And yeah. they'll do that. And, so. and the author gets paid. So yeah. that's good for them. Get comfortable, fellas. Kent's about to pitch something. Oh, no. My movie is Carter Beats the Devil. This movie came out in 2001. was written by Glenn David Gold. It's 576 pages. So get that's ready. A book. You say the wow. movie that came out? The book. Book. Ah. That should become a movie. He did so, say movie, though. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so it's a movie. <laughs> we were going to let It's already know. a movie. I don't think you understand how this works. <laughs> so the plot is, the 1920s was a golden age for stage magic, and Charles Carter is an American stage magician at the height of his fame and powers. At the climax of his latest touring stage show, Carter invites United States President Warren G. Harding on stage to take part in his act. In front of an amazed audience, Carter proceeds to chop the president into pieces, cut off his head, and feed him to a lion before (laughs) restoring him to health. The show is a great success, but two hours later, the president is dead, and Carter finds himself the center of some very unwelcome attention. This is based on a true story, Indeed. (laughs) True characters, not true story. Obviously, (laughs) there are these people that it's dealing with. This is dealing with historical figures in a very interesting way because we have magic involved as well. And one thing that this story does well is explain the magic because it's from his perspective and also a government agent who is investigating the past of Charles Carter, Mm -hmm. being like, how did he get a start? Is he a murderer? Did he kill the president? Because everyone saw something weird happen and then the president did die. But the adventure, and this is an adventure book, Carter the Great is what he's called. He meets... Philo T. Farnsworth, Harry Houdini, the Marx Brothers, obviously the president, and then he has a couple love interests throughout the story as well. It's and like Forrest Gump for his time. Yeah, I was just about yeah, to kind say of, that. <laughs> kind of, but he's like evading this government agent and trying to, at the same time, find how the president actually died. It's so interesting. So in 2010, this movie was optioned by Warner Brothers, and uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were going to direct it after 21 Jump Street, mm-hmm. because that's what, after they got big. And I think they should take this on again. I think they are ready for some more dramatic turns, but with a little bit of whimsy involved, I think they, they could really pull that off. Mm-hmm. And so I think they should direct this movie. I think David Tennant should star as Carter the Great. Okay. John Hamm should be the government agent. We're getting a lot of female fans going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think this movie would be so fantastic. And with th- that cast and those directors, people would actually see a mid-level budget movie like this. And there really is like a pledge turn and prestige way to the way the story is told. What's the name of the book again? Carter Beats the Devil. Carter Beats the Devil. Definitely read it. It is fantastic. All right, the next category is called, quote, the movie you should watch for school when you haven't read the book. (laughs) We all did it. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Just admit it. It's Shakespeare especially. But sometimes it didn't really work out. So this has to be a movie that is close enough so when you do the book report, you can pass. So I'll go first on this one. Uh, I chose The Great Gatsby by F. F. Scott Fitzgerald and later adapted by Boz Lerman. How faithful is this? It's faithful enough. They change little things like little elements, but the overall arc, the overall symbolism, the overall story, the overall characters you'll get and you'll actually be entertained instead of reading that stupid book. <laughs> it is a stupid yeah, book. Yeah, it is not a good book. So I know some people out there like The Great Gatsby. I was never one of those people. If you don't know, it's about a writer and a Wall Street tater, Nick, who finds himself drawn into the past and lifestyle of his millionaire neighbor, Jay Gatsby. It's a trashy book. 
it's not a great book. Yeah. And then I watched when I watched it's the cheap, Baz Luhrmann version, book. I was like, that was palatable. It basically was like getting fish that I don't like mm -hmm. and covering it in like a delicious cream sauce where I'm like, ooh, this kind of cream sauce ah, still got fish in it. But it's, you know, it's OK. See, I really like the movie. I think it's really underrated. Really? Underrated? Yeah. I just saw it. The style is so great. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's actually kind of interesting because he knows what he's doing. Okay, so uh, Great Gatsby was uh, first published back in 1925, and it didn't do well. It actually kind of failed and, and received mixed reviews. And I then wonder why. Fitzgerald died in 1940, believing himself to be a failure and his work forgotten. Oh, wow. Well, this, was, then, this is a thread with some famous books. But then a committee essentially said, what's important books to be kind of read in schools and things like that? And this was chosen as one of them. It was then sent to a bunch of uh, World War II soldiers and it became a popular book with the soldiers. Because the lifestyle is so fun. Yeah, I, and just I don't there. know why, because it's not a great... I, I, I shouldn't say it's a great book. It's not an enjoyable book for me. Well, I can't believe I, we read it in school with well, like it's tawdry, the affairs. Right? Yeah. And, sure. uh, yeah. Yeah. So because of that, it became a very popular one. It was adapted a couple times into film. One with uh, Robert Redford, which was amazingly boring, that I saw when I was in high school. And then the Bosler one, like I said, is actually visually amazing the cast yes. is great and not just because of isla fisher but it's just fun to watch and so it'll help you get through the book it'll be the sugar that help you get the medicine go down essentially yeah. so that's mine great, great Gatsby. okay mine is a book that is was in 1999 was voted best novel of the 20th century by the readers of library journal it's fifth on the modern library readers list of 100 best novels in the english language since 1900 so this is a book you should actually read if you have to get if you have to but if you don't have the time or don't want to, you can, it's already been mentioned once, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. definitely a great book, great adaptation. There's a few minor things that are different, and that is a couple of the characters are merged into one mm -hmm. for movie purposes. It makes it simpler. Mm -hmm. And the main plot is virtually identical, but some of the characters are missing from the movie. Two neighbors are merged into one neighbor, and Atticus's sister is a matronly figure for Scout. She's mm -hmm. like the mom, but she's not as involved in the movie uh, right. Atticus is more involved with the scout and again this is a very adult content wise mm -hmm. um, it's a courtroom drama uh, as a lawyer I'd like that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but it, it you definitely see that read the book but if you don't have the time perfect this is great there you go the closest book I think to the movie and vice versa is one flew over the cuckoo's nest written in 1962 ah. by Ken Kesey so basically, it's a guy who's not crazy. Like, he's trying to get away from these charges of battery and gambling. And he's like, yeah, put me in the nut house. And so he's just there to kind of people watch. And he uh -huh. gets himself into the most trouble possible. <laughs> and so Jack Nicholson is Randall McMurphy. Like, he is this troublemaker. And then you have Louise Fletcher as uh, Nurse Ratched, which is one of the best villains in, in film history. Yeah. And they capture those characters even the the side cast who you have like Christopher Lloyd is in there. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, exactly. <laughs> this is a very awarded film. It won the five major awards. What, what is that term called when it wins? The big, the big five. five. The big five, yeah. right? One of the few big five winners. For people that have read the book, usually emotions don't translate, but in the movie, it does just as much. So yeah, absolutely amazing. Okay, for the next category, this is the best sci-fi adaptation. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, what? I picked it. Oh. Finger poop. Oh, can we have Corona? I, I think that's a good honorable mention. <laughs> okay. Oh, so. just honorable mention. Well, <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I, I, a lot of Michael Crichton's books I enjoy, 
but this is the yeah. only one where the the film adaptation is actually good. But and I have that as actually in another category. Okay. So that's yeah. so written by Michael Crichton in 1990. This was adapted for the 1993 movie. So basically, this was already ready. Michael mm-hmm. Crichton wrote the screenplay. This was originally a screenplay in 1983, mm-hmm. and it was much much different. It was about basically a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, we'll add some more science into it and, yeah. and make it more of a theme park. What else did Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton had another one that everything in the nineties. He had a breakaway yes. though that was a good one. Because there was another good one. It was the virus one. Uh Andromeda Strain? Yeah. yeah, Andromeda Andromeda yeah Strain. The, the no. adaptation was terrible. Adaptation was horrible. Was it? Yeah. Uh, or he was also it did, contagion? Is he, it did contagion? The, he did the screenplay for Rest Westworld, too, if you yes. remember that. Yeah. yeah. He did the he didn't write the book for it. Well He's like the Dan Brown of the eighties and nineties. Yes. Oh yeah. That's fair to say. It's like you just read it and it's like pulp fun. So they they took elements uh, from the book Jurassic Park. The main story is the main story. Yeah. But they changed certain elements. Like, I'm going to spoil a little bit here, Ken. I hope you're okay with that. Jurassic Park, please don't. Well, because in the book, I'm I'm spoiling the book. Because at the end of the book, Richard Hammond actually dies. The guy who creates Jurassic Park. Right. He falls down a hill and a bunch of compies come and eat him. Little, little dinosaurs. They didn't have the compies him. very much there in were, the movie. No, but the compies were in Lost World, I think yes. it was. They actually took pieces of the book and put them in the later movies, which I thought was interesting. Like number three includes the river chase, which is in the book. Right. Uh, and just different things like that. I enjoyed seeing kind of the pieces come together in the one book. The book goes a little bit too long. It does. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. end with them leaving the island either. It, well, yeah, they, well, they nuke the island. No, no, they, yeah. I was but then say, the dinosaurs escape. They, yeah, uh, they get off the island. <laughs> the they moment. napalm the island, and then they're quarantined in a hotel. Yeah, basically. they don't give you that hope. No, like the movie does. It's definitely mm-hmm. not as happy ending. I read this book seven times in wow. seventh grade because I. That's loved how many it. times I saw the movie. Okay, wow. yeah, <laughs> I was obsessed. I did every book report in seventh grade about this book. <laughs> Can't do Jurassic Park again. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna draw well. a picture of it. That's how you got those Pizza Hut points. <laughs> yeah, you just I read the same book again and again. But this yeah. is a great book. Great, at, oh, obviously, great adaptation. So yeah. yeah. So mine is about a linguist. You know, not a very exciting science fiction book. Can you okay. guess what it is? Oh, right I know now? what it is. You know what it is. Science, linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after twelve. I didn't know that was a spacecraft. Book. Yeah, story yeah. of my life. Stories of yep, yeah, or stories of your life. Oh, okay, you are thinking my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I said. Wait, what is this? Stories Arrival. of your life by Ted Chang. I've never heard of it. It's became Arrival with. Oh, Amy I know Arrivals. I know yes. Arrival. What other movie has a linguist? I was <laughs> trying to think. I was thinking I was like, like linguist. Close Encounters okay. of the Third Aliens. Kind. No, no. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What's happening here? Yeah. Arrival. It was a 1998. It's actually a novella, not a whole book. It's, we'll count it. You know. So, and this is one I, where I say see the movie first because there's the twist, and the yes. twist works really well in the movie. It works well in the book too, but reading the book afterwards you'll be fine with it and I, you won't ruin it won't ruin it whereas if you read the book first it's going to ruin the twist sure. in the movie but this is you guys, the movie gonna, where do you guys generally like to read the book first or watch the movie first i generally read the book first whatever but, happens happens but my brother he's the opposite he likes to see the movie first because he knows that the movie's not going to ruin the book yeah whereas okay. i go movie first because the, oh, that, i know the book sense. will always be better that's a good argument yeah. actually yeah. yeah that's true but you know Orson Scott Card reviewed this and he said, not one moment of this film is wasted. Nothing is empty. Everything is packed full of information that will be reconceived more than once before the end, before the end of the film. Here's what I promise you. If you have the patience to wait for clarity, then this is the one of the most beautiful moving stories I've ever seen on film. Orson Scott Card. Yeah. I remember that ending kind of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I I, I was like, what is going on? And all of a sudden I realized that I was like, and it just pulls it all together. And you're just like, and and it's an amazing, that's why this is the best sci-fi adaptation. Like, and when you read the book afterwards, you'll be like that, how did they, 
do that in the movie form and yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Did so, Amy Adams capture the character? Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. She and was amazing. Yeah. Um, deserved a nomination. Yeah. Right. Not just the nomination. The win. Yeah. <laughs> the win. She should have won. She didn't get nominated though, didn't she? Nope. No. Yeah. And then this other review, it's rare that any movie that revolves around a linguist and a scientist would be so watchable, but the writing and direction make rival unforgettable. I'm awaiting my second viewing because I'm still collecting my thoughts on it. So I could go on about this, but that was Ken, Ken Dunn. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next category is favorite children's book. Now, when we when we said this, we said it had to be like a children's book, not like a young adult. This is no, like, yeah, like picture something, book, picture something book. you read to your yeah. kid at you can bedtime. You read one sitting yeah. kind of a stuff one like sitting. that. So I chose The Cimmerillion. <laughs> the sequel to Lord of the Rings, yeah. in case anybody doesn't know that. Uh, you guys have already mentioned it, or Joel has. It's yeah. Where the Wild Things Are. I kind of guessed it was going to pop yeah. up there. Yeah. And the, you've already gone through the summary, but I think it was a great visually amazing like it it, it i it think were, it really took the pictures from the book if this were playing on one of the 4k it. tvs at costco i'd probably stop for a minute and watch it yeah for a minute until yeah. they for cried for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah but more than that like i i did watch a, a review of it comparing the book to the movie and going through the history of the book how in the when the book came out it was librarians hated it it was kind of banned yeah it was and one of those kind of you know, they kept trying to ban it books because the librarians thought it was too adult they dealt with two heavy things. And that was kind of the same criticism that this movie got was okay. that all of a sudden they're deal it's dealing with two heavy things. And the author said, no, this wasn't my book. My book, I dealt with my childhood. It was anger issues. The director, he had a, abandonment yeah. issues mm -hmm. and this was his movie, but, and it is a great, he took my story and made it his and he loved it. And I think it's when you're dealing with taking a book that is 338 words long. Yeah. And making a movie, of course, there's going to be a lot of stuff added to it. Right. And that stuff that was added to it, I think, made it, filled it out in a way that made it a great movie. Mm -hmm. But that not like Cat in the Hat where they just right. oh, yeah. totally Oh, it's not that bad it. at no. all. No. no. So, and I guess it has some good soundtrack. You mentioned it, it on the last. It does have a good soundtrack, yes. yes. <laughs> so, Karen O worked on yep. that soundtrack, Yeah, too, Karen O, right? that's yeah. what you said at the, in the last episode. Yeah, I may give it another rewatch. Okay. We'll see. Give it a try. We'll see if my kids will like it. All right. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to go with How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Hey! hey! So this is only 64 pages. The movie... Eh, does this count? I don't know because it was a TV special? movie. Okay, it was a TV yeah, special. We're not going to do yeah. uh, greatest TV movie adaptations of okay. books. Yeah. I think we can because the movie is we'll let you. We'll twenty six minutes long, yeah. and so there is no filler here. Well, there's songs except for the song. The which songs are awesome. I don't feel are like yes. are filler. No, and the animation is just it brings the whole world together, and it's so tight. In fact, if you watch this movie, you don't really need to read the book because it's kind of like an audio book. Yeah, like you get the whole presentation right there the exactly. Thing. And yeah, everyone should know the story by now. But this one, it was written by Theodore Geisel in 1957. Call him by his Dr. Seuss name. He, Do he didn't call him by his Dr. Seuss name. Yes, <laughs> it's Dr. Seuss. It's Dr. Seuss name. He got Dr. doctorate Seuss. in Seussing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, this is an absolutely fantastic. It's it's a tradition. Some would say it's better than Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> for the I holidays. would say that. Don't yeah. be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my choice. That's a great choice. And mm -hmm. actually, it's funny, too, because like the original Grinch, if I remember right, he was black and white. So mm -hmm. there was no, they had he wasn't no color. For what he wasn't green. Was. Yes. Yeah. And then when they did that, was it the special or was it a, the later book? But they decided like kind of just let's do green. Yeah. So now he's like the green Grinch. And it may have been adapted in 2000, 2018, but don't worry about it. And it was never adapted. Nope. Exactly. Nope. Yep. Just That's the 26 not, those, minute one. Those don't exist. Yeah. So. Uh, mine is actually uh, kind of a hipster pick I'm going to throw out there. Uh, it's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Great choice. Oh. 
So this was a children's book uh, written back in 1978, only 32 pages long. And it's long different ago. from the movie because the, the book is about this grandfather who's telling their, his children a story about the town of Chew and Swallow is what it's called. And it's just a thing where this land of Chew and Swallow, this, this island of Chew and Swallow, just the weather happens and food just rains down. And so that's basically the story. No science experiments. Or no, I don't feel like this is all. That's a great movie. Well, it it made a lot of money no, too. A, the movie's good, but like a lot of people don't know there was a book actually based on it. Oh, really? And yeah. so the book is just kind of like the dad telling, the grandpa telling the story, and just things go bad, and then people leave off the island, and that's the end of it. And then, so I never knew about it until I saw the movie, and I absolutely this is one of my five star movies. I love uh, Cottage <laughs> Chance Meatballs because it's it's Phil Lord and Christopher Miller again. Yeah. And it's just the humor is is just sharp. Bill Hader, it's fantastic as Flint Lockwood. You got uh, Anna Ferris, you've got Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Bruce Campbell, Andy Samberg, Mr. T, and Jeez. it's just this whole cast of uh, great voice actors doing this funny movie about this scientist who creates a machine that converts. And it, the science is you know about as reliable as Jurassic Park's. Sure, but it's about a machine that converts water to food, and then just the town gets food raining on it, and people can request things. It's hilarious. It's and enjoyable. Yeah. Anyway, so. I, I recommend watching and re- I recommend watching Chance Meatballs and reading the book as well. All right, guys, I'm going to interrupt you right here because I think it's time Chicken to take quiz. a quiz. Woo! Are right. buzzers? Yes. Yes. Ooh. I got one. I got one. All right, let's hear him. Book it. I'm reading a book. That's so long. <laughs> he I'm reading does. a book. <laughs> book it. Don't you ever book interrupt it. me when I'm reading a book. <laughs> Why sounds so that cool? That from? Julian Smith. No? Look it up. Julian oh. Smith, I'm reading a book. It's a great little song. Popular on YouTube in like 2006. Oh, okay. okay. He was great back then. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with books. YouTube, YouTube ruined so books. Great. <laughs> in 2006. It's a song about reading books. All right. So are wait, what ready? are you doing? So, I'm reading a book. Book it. All right. So these are not multiple choice. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. And then we move on. Okay? Do we wait until the question is done to buzz in? I nope. can wait. No, I don't need you to wait. I'm I don't, wait. I don't mind that. Joel. I'm going to wait. It's only, wait. it's only Joel that minds that. Also, Drew, I just think it's bad for the score here. Jacob, oh, yeah, I think it's I bad for the listener score. that they don't get to hear the question if we jump in and then they're like, what are they answering? Mm. I don't even know and I don't care. This is a good point. This is a good point. But if, if you guys figure but, it out before it's over, it's kind of fun too. And then I'll yeah. finish the question. First question. Nice guys might finish last, but the movie based on the book Queen Bees and... I'm reading a book. You didn't. Joel, you have to finish. wait till it's finished. That's not the end of the question. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can gu- you can guess. Well, you can finish the question. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want to know that part. It's Mean Girls. That's correct. Jump right. the gun. Second Sorry, question. I got really excited because I knew it. <laughs> this Christmas movie is based on the book Nothing Lasts Forever. I'm reading a book. Joel, Die Hard. Correct. Wow. Good job. That was on Cinefix. That's right. YouTube for the win. <laughs> YouTube is winning. Uh, all right. But he got it because it was a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah thank you. Oh, I never said yeah. it wasn't a Christmas movie. I just said the weapon's more Christmassy. Okay. Nah. All right. Next. The movie title this book adaptation was saved by cutting out the words Rita Hayworth and. I'm reading the book. Wait, Joel, we need the title of it. the movie. It's The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, yeah. That's correct. It is. Yeah. It was Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Yeah, Rita You're Hayworth and uh, yeah, just and Shawshank Redemption. Not yeah, the and show. covering the hole in the title of the word the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Next question: The stories from the book "In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash" oh. by Gene Shepard were adapted into two films. What are they? Or you can just name one. Since you... yeah, if if there's a silence, you get one, you get a point. 
It's almost at the top of my head, but I can't think of anything. Can we get a Fudge. hint? Fudge. Oh, I'm reading the book. <laughs> I can't count. <laughs> I can have one. Joel. It's a Christmas story. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> Give him a full point. Come on. Kent still he could get the same hint, Kent. <laughs> An Italian book titled The Darkness and the Honey is about a blind man and was turned into what movie? What year did it come out? It's been the 80s. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe early 90s. Book it. Scent of a Woman. That's yes. correct. Is it really? What? Yes. <laughs> How did you get that? I was like, blind man movies. <laughs> yeah, there thinking, we go. I was thinking like that one. Uh, what's the one with the blind man they bring into the house? Oh, Don't Breathe? That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> don't Breathe? That's yeah, I was funny. like, I don't think he'd choose that one. The book, Who Goes There, was adapted into this extraterrestrial oh, oh, book. Joel. This is The Thing from Another Planet. The Thing. The remake of The Thing. And yes, yeah, we got it. All right, next one. Clueless is based on which Jane Austen? Emma. Kent, correct. You'd let him you finish got that one. Well, I'm just playing your game. But ah, every- I've waited at the end ever since that first one. <laughs> ever since that first one. <laughs> All right, we're going to do three more. What was the title of the first James Bond novel? Oh. Oh. Okay. I actually knew this Come one. on, guys. Kent. You should know this. <laughs> Casino Royale? Correct. Yes. Yeah! Good My job. mind was like all of a sudden... Because it just goes through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The book Eaters of the Dead was not the original title of Jurassic Park, but it was the original title of this Antonio Banderas film. You didn't wait until it was over, Kim? Did you hear the end of that Kent. question? Yeah. The 13th Warrior. Correct, except there's no the, maybe. Oh, it is, it is just <laughs> sorry. Incorrect. <laughs> Take away three points from Kent. Oh, man. All right. That's, that's it for the quiz for one. now. Yeah. Good work. And uh, we'll finish that off in a little bit. We're going to move from the best children's book adaptation to our favorite juvenile Go fiction book. A little uh, no, this shouldn't be any surprise. When it said favorite juvenile fiction book, that was I was like, I already got my answer. And it said made into a movie. I'm like, still the same answer. Oh, it's not. A, it's not about age. It's actually just really juvenile yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's Harry Potter. I had okay. to choose that. The first one. I chose Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone <laughs> in the Chamber of Secrets with the Prisoner of Azkaban near the Goblet of Fire through the Order of Phoenix, featuring the Half Blood Prince and the Deathly Hollows. Remember that book? It's about a, <laughs> it's about four thousand crazy. It's about four thousand two hundred and twenty four pages. Uh, pick your favorite. Wow. Pick your favorite. Go. Well, we already said a Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, Prisoner favorite. of Azkaban. That's also that's also my choice. Uh, if Number you three. haven't seen it, it was. Oh, I mean, I mean, if you haven't read the books, boy finds out he's a wizard and it's awesome. Uh, written by J.K. <laughs> Rowling. Actually, synopsis on the yes. back. What? <laughs> and this is one where the the movies. This is one of the few times where I feel like. And don't get me wrong. I do like the books more than the movies. But the movies did a good job. They they finished the way it should. I feel like mm-hmm. the movies really follow the trajectory really well of the books because the first two books are very simple mm-hmm. and yeah. not all that deep. No. And the first two movies feel the same way. And then all of a sudden, with they Prisoner mature. of Azkaban, it matures and so do the films. Yeah. And so I and think their hair gets is, longer in four. And that is the jumping off point where it becomes quality. Well, it's mm-hmm. because J.K. Rowling also worked very closely with the screenwriters. Yeah. And she would say like, like because the movie, they started making movies Kinda before like the Fantastic books were done. Beasts, where she wrote yeah. the screenplay. Mm. <laughs> but they, they started making the movies before the, the books were done. And she would say like, don't put this in your movie because of something that's going to happen later on in the books. Oh, that's great. The books have sold more than 500 million copies worldwide. It's the best-selling book series in history, beating Goosebumps as number two. What? Perry Mason as number three. What? Berenstain Bears as number four, and Choose Your Own Adventure as number five. Wow. Those are the best-selling series. Uh, the last four books consecutive set records as the fastest-selling books in history. The final installment selling roughly 11 million copies within 24 hours of its release. 
Yikes. I just wish some publisher had had told her no on some things in her later books. They just got so, so long with just a bunch of filler. Order Mm -hmm. the Phoenix, definitely the longest one at 766 pages in the UK version, 870 pages in the US version. Like the whole spew. Yeah, and she kind of turned into Lost a little bit where she left a lot of clues and never really answered them all that well. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this was six of the eight films were nominated for a total of 12 Academy Awards. Guess the money at one? Zero. 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 Never has won an Academy. The movies were all good, but never great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think the movies were. But at least they have the prequels. And I like how they got the kids at the right age and they kept filming them. And they stayed, like, the kids stayed. Like yeah. relevant in the movie. Yes. This is also one of the series I feel like that never putters out. Like it gives you a finish that you wanted both in the film and the book. Mm-hmm. You get the ending th- that you were hoping for. Whereas a lot of these other ones in the series, it kind of putters out or has a terrible mm, ending. Should have been a lot yeah. bigger, a lot no. heavier. It worked yeah, for the series. It worked. It chickened out. It <laughs> absolutely for sure. worked. <laughs> so, All right, Drew, so we both agreed there. What you about you? Agree- oh, that was yours too? Yeah. Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban. Mine is about a boy who is wrongfully sent to a brutal camp where the camp warden and her staff force the children in their care to mysteriously dig holes all day long in the desert. Their rehabilitation is questioned as they think something sinister is involved. Yeah. And this is Holes. Yes. Which is a great book. It's it's a 1998 book by Lewis. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sakar. Sakar Sachar. He's known for... um, the books sideways stories from wayside school which i love which are so funny and great and it's that amazing should be a tv that, series yeah and it's amazing that this book and movie came out of that author you know yeah. like it's just a very silly book series and he he wrote the screenplay which is an amazing too because pretty most rare. authors can't yeah. write the screenplay they just don't do a good job and he he wrote the screenplay. It's his only screenplay that he's written. Well, because novel writing is different from screenplay writing. Is it? Very, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. And cutting out their darlings, too. If they have yes. so many characters, you have to yeah. com- comprise yeah. them into one. But yeah. he did a great job. And, and they, you know, everything that was in the book is in the movie. This is something that another book that could you could watch the, the movie book instead of reading the book. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Next category is going to be our favorite classic novel adaptation. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Hey. <laughs> I picked that one. If you, Can, it, yeah. If you don't have no. me this summer. Oh. No. What is it? Well, you want to know? Let's talk, let's talk about, about Lord of the first. Rings. People okay. may not know what it is. <laughs> let's Lord spend of the some Rings. time on this one. Go ahead, Joel. Well, you, you may not know. The, the book was originally published in 1954, uh, The mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring. This was going to be kind of, what, what was it, six series? Like they were, It was yeah. really originally in the six novels, but then uh-huh. they kind of the publisher told them to kind of turn it into three. So you have two in 1954 and then one in 1955, Return of the King. But, 1, but he wrote them all before he published. He did. Which is great. Yeah, right. No, this was one of those Just things. Just like Peter Jackson did before he released the films. Uh-huh. Yes. And this, uh, the film follows Frodo, the Hobbit Frogo Baggins as he and Fellowship embark on a quest to destroy, destroy the One Ring. And my axe. And my axe. <laughs> and then the films came out uh, three years, uh, within three years, 2001 to 2003. Uh-huh. And they have a film runtime of 558 minutes theatrical or 686 minutes extended worth it <laughs> uh according to guinness book world of records as of 1995 the bible is the best-selling book as of all time but on wikipedia it lists the lord of the rings as the highest selling individual book of all time it's been uh, reprinted numerous times and translated into 38 languages wow he started writing this at 45 and it wasn't finished until 12 years later and then it wasn't published until six years after that do you know wow. why he wrote them for his kids well, that and him and C.S. Lewis were friends, and they wanted to have this mythology that was English. Yeah. You know, they, the, all the other mythology, like Camelot, everything comes from France. Right. And like, they wanted something that was just 
English, yeah. British. Well, well, a lot succeeded. of this is taken from like yeah. uh, middle age literature, right? Uh-huh. From, and and, from that, and yeah. it has, and it has become. Well, and I, I have a confession to Dungeons make. Dungeons Dragons is right. based on it. I am reading this currently for the first time. Oh, really? Really? What yeah. book are you on right now? I'm still in Fellowship. Okay. Like, like I said, I'm very slow in my <laughs> right. reading. But I, I, I got the, it's one complete set in yeah. one book and I'm going through and reading. It's got footnotes and everything. But I went through and I, I'm finally reading it because I read The Good Hobbit uh, last summer for the first time because I was like, you know what? I just really want to read these classic novels that I yeah. enjoy the movies of. Uh, well, the animated movie of Hobbit. But oh, that's And then, so, uh, so then... <laughs> I'm reading it right now, so I haven't finished this one yet, but I'm really enjoying it. It is the best choice, but I used it for another category. Okay. So my favorite classic novel adaptation is a strange one. So let me read the synopsis and you can maybe guess what it is. I'm ready. Then you get my buzzer ready. A modern man is mistakenly sent back to medieval times and must use his technological knowledge to help Arthur's army to beat a seemingly insurmountable army. Army of Darkness? Army of Darkness. The kid who would be him. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. This is classic. (laughs) Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. I don't don't think you understand this classic novel novel adaptation. From Mark Twain's A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Oh, (laughs) clever. It is so interesting because I never actually knew this until I started the research. And I was like, wow, that story synopsis is similar except for instead of deadites it was the catholic church mm-hmm. it was the bad guys in this one <laughs> so yeah mark twain's a connecticut yanking king arthur's court to sam raimi's army of darkness nice i actually mm-hmm. like that all right next category is the movie that best captured the characters from the book high fidelity written by nick hornby in 1995 mm-hmm. It's adapted in 2000, so just a couple years later, starring John Cusack. This one's also become a no Broadway idea musical. Yeah, that was a book. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. No. So Nick Hornby is one of my favorites of all time. His his comedic timing is what I... It is, I guess... What else has he done? Uh, he's done About a Boy, oh. Fever Pitch. Okay. Uh, Sorry, a long Fever way down. Pitch? Yeah, That's Fever one of your Pitch. favorite movies? <laughs> actually, the original is pretty good with Colin Firth. It's a soccer movie, actually. And oh, they really? converted it to a crappy Jimmy Fallon movie because, you know, that's what we yeah, do. That's all I knew. So it's a soccer pitch instead of a pitch and baseball. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's a British author. And so yeah. that's just how it is. But the reason I love the, the movie, I obviously saw well before I ever read the book. But I love top five lists. Every time he just has nothing to say or whatever, he's like top five desert island bands top five desert island tv shows or best breakup songs or that sort of thing and he starts going through his his five biggest breakups his five best relationships and he goes through and he's having kind of this quarter life crisis where he has to go and reach out to every single one of them and find out why they broke up and this guy is pathetic (laughs) and john cusack nails the role you don't like him in the movie and it's strange to have a protagonist you're like i will never like you but it's the writing is so good it yeah. feels relatable. Definitely read this book. Uh, so for me, I wanted to put I wanted to put Harry Potter here, but I couldn't put anywhere but favorite juvenile fiction. So I chose kind of an unusual one, but I'll explain my reasons why afterwards. I chose John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. Okay. Oh, really? So, and I chose the 1992 adaptation, not the 1939 adaptation. Is that so, Gary Sinise? Gary Sinise and, and John, uh, John Malkovich, Malkovich okay. uh, play that role, and it's because this was. I mean, this is a this is a short novella. This is 187 pages. Uh, classic American literature of, a, of Mice and Men. If you don't know, two drifters, one a gentle but slow giant, try to make their money working in the field during the Depression so they can fulfill their dreams. So you have George and Lenny, this is a kind of buddy duo. Yeah. And the reason I, I put it here is because we. this is one of the ones I remember in high school that our teacher, we read the book, mm-hmm. and then she showed us the movie. 
And it was, I don't know if it was the way she did it or the way that the book and the movie actually come with each other, but it really was like, oh, that's exactly what we were just reading. Like right. we'd see clips that mm-hmm. we read about in the just novel. Just as heartbreaking. And then <laughs> I went through, I actually, for the research here, I did go through and watch the clips of the 1939, it felt Burgess Meredith is George. And then Who's um, he? uh, he's a Mickey from Rocky. Ah, you got to fight okay. Rocky. <laughs> Penguin. Yeah, Penguin and uh, the old Batman series. And then Lon Chaney Jr. is Lenny. And so like he's the oh, big perfect guy. And it was actually pretty good. So I was like, man, maybe this just this novel lends itself well. But both times I was like, yeah, this actually kind of works with the characters. Okay. It's a very thoughtful okay. choice. Thank you. Uh, mine, I was actually wa- turned on the TV in my hotel room this afternoon and it was on. Oh. And so I watched it. It has, star- it has Carrie Elwes, Sam Neill, Jason Scott Lee, John Cleese. Oh, L- a fish jungle book. Lina Heady. Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not that one. Oh, it's not, <laughs> it's yeah. a, That's no, a little different. That was horrible. It was a horrible adaptation of the Jungle Book. <laughs> you just book. wanted to throw in a <laughs> little stinger? I did because it was a, it's Disney, one of Disney's first adaptations to live action. Uh, and it was very I, bad. I think it's better than the new but, one. But mine is actually... The Jungle Cruise? Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Oh, which okay. is directed by Andy Serkis. Which, yeah, it came out two years ago. Yes, was uh, that it the was Netflix release. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was okay. actually Andy Serkis's first directorial movie, but then it got held up with production CGI. It still has needs work on CGI. It had, and then it got sold to Netflix, and it came out after his others. So, but it, but the plot. The, again, there's issues with the movie. It's not the best movie, but it's the best. Right adaptation of the characters which mm-hmm. is you know Mowgli it, Baloo Bagheera it really captures what Rudyard Kipling had with you know the wise old bear mm-hmm. not what Disney did so, right yeah. yeah I still like the Disney one uh, it is it is good it's, it, like, it's good Disney for one of the books yeah but it's, yeah. it's the not new the Disney book. one no 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 the original 1970s Disney oh one. yeah yeah all right the next category is going to be the movie that was so good that you had to read the book I like this as a category Jurassic Park. Ah. I actually didn't read this book before I saw the movie. I don't think any of us did. In in eighth grade, I remember in eighth grade, a girl did a book report on Jurassic Park. It was probably Ken dressed up as a girl. <laughs> I did seven his, book reports. His teachers got like, sick of him at his school, so we actually, had to go to a bunch of other schools. Started selling them to other schools. <laughs> yeah. And I and I I I was like that sounds like a dumb movie. I mean, a dumb book. So I didn't read it, and then I saw the movie, saw it again. We went snuck into several viewings in the dollar theater and mm-hmm. saw, and then I read it and that kicked off a Michael Crichton spree of me reading every book before, yeah. you know, to varying quality. Sphere yes. was so good in the book. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, so yeah. Congo was so bad. Congo was so yeah, bad. Too. Yeah. Was, I was so excited yeah. for Congo back in the day. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden you get to disclosure and you're like, wait, wait, this isn't sci-fi. Yeah. And this is sci-fi. adult. <laughs> this is way more than the A word in it. For yes. sure. It does. It does yeah. <laughs> All right, so Those this rebels. is where I went with Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. So I saw Fellowship of the Ring like six months after it came out. I just got back from an LDS mission, and it was one of the first movies I saw. And I said, holy cow, I did not expect anything like that. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I didn't think fantasy could be good after the post-1980s realm. <laughs> and that movie was amazing. Granted, it left you hanging. And a mm-hmm. lot of people were upset by that, but I said... I think I, it stops mid-sentence. Yeah, basically. Sure. <laughs> and so I immediately started reading the book. This is one of those where I watched each movie and then I read the books right after because I didn't want yeah. the experience to be spoiled, which is funny because the books give you the full experience. Yes. But I want to see it on the screen for the first time. Mm-hmm. But that is when I started reading those and I feel like I would have never 
ever read those books after. Yeah. And actually, same thing with The Hobbit. I didn't start reading The Hobbit till after I saw the movie. I read The Hobbit as a kid and I loved it. And I tried to start Lord of the Rings as a kid mm-hmm. and I couldn't. It was too deep and it took me until college to read it again before the movies came out. But right. read yeah. it and loved it. So I chose Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. <laughs> This is one of those books that everyone kept saying, because this came out in 2011. People kept saying, Joel, you got to read this. Joel, you got to read this. Yep. Joel, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got tons of other friends' books I got to read first. And then uh, when the movie came out, I was like, I'm just going to watch the movie first. Because like you said, it's not going to spoil the book for me. People told me it's completely different. And I really like enjoyed the movie. Like I was like, this is a fun like throwback type movie. I should probably read the book. And if you don't know, it's about a virtual reality world where the creator of the virtual reality world has created a, a hidden Easter egg to inherit his fortune to whoever finds it. Now, in Did the, you like the movie a lot? I did. Yeah. Well, it's because it's nostalgia-fueled fun. Okay. Like, it's not like a deep, amazing bo- movie, but like I watched it, I'm See, like, I'm having so much fun right now. I think yeah. this is one of those where if you read the book, you'd be a little, well, really disappointed in the movie. That's, why you, should, than, that's why you should watch the movie first. Other than the Shining aspect, because it's less 1980s, which that is only... The only part of the book, really. Right. And this is like, Fortnite is pretty cool and Overwatch is pretty cool, right, guys? There's barely anything in it. <laughs> Still. So then I read the book and they have like, and I understand why they had to change it. Because mm-hmm. you can't really, in a movie, have someone reciting lines from War, war Games yeah, for or the Monty Python and yeah. the Holy Grail. Right. They're not going to get that as much. And it also, it's not good cinema to sit there and be like, I have to quote this line exactly right and say it exactly right. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they made you changes, but I really did end up liking the book a lot. And this is when I actually did physically sit down and read. It wasn't an audiobook, but I, uh, Greater Player One was a fun book. If you like 80s fueled nostalgia, read the book. Even if you didn't like the movie, go ahead and read the book. All right. Our next category is going to be the hipster book to movie adaptation. I have a feeling Kent has one for this. I do. Come on. Oh, you have a feeling? (laughs) It was like, which of these 27 should I choose? I'm not the guy that reads 90 books a year. (laughs) True. But you are a hipster. You are. Go okay, for it. I guess so. So never let me go. I brought this up on our hipster flick picks, actually. This movie came out in 2010 by Mark Romanek. It has Andrew Garfield, Carrie Mulligan, and Kira Knightley in this movie. Hmm. This is really hipster. I told you to watch this movie, and you uh, clearly did. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We all watched it. <laughs> so the book Never Let Me Go came out in 2005. The author is Kazuo Ishiguro. I don't want to say too much because it is built on a twist, but it's such a heartbreaking story as well. Basically, it's these kids that go to a boarding school and it seems almost dystopian, but it doesn't have any of those tropes that we know from young adult fiction because this is a very adult book. And so they are not allowed to go outside the school grounds, have very little contact. They do get a rumspringer at some point. (laughs) He he pointed at Jacob. I pointed right at Jake. (laughs) And then they find out what their actual meaning of their life is meant to be because of rumspringa because of rumspringa okay. and it oh, is it always saves it everyone. is a heartbreaking book that Just like utilizes science fiction but in a very very subtle way read this book watch the movie i don't care what which one again? you start with never let me go never let me go and it is absolutely heart-wrenching the movie has great performances okay. so check this out mine isn't exactly a hipster movie but it may be one of those you're like oh i didn't know that was a book series yeah. i chose fletch I didn't know that was a book series. So I ran across these, I think when I was working at the library at BYU. It's by Gregory McDonald. He wrote uh, books from 1974 to 1994. There's 11 books. They're all really quick reads, like 20, 200 pages around mm-hmm. there. Uh, and it's all about a character, Erwin M. Fletcher, who's a newspaper journalist. And he gets kind of caught up in all these different schemes. Like in the first one, he's a, a millionaire asks Fletch to kill him, even though he's a healthy guy. 
And so Fletcher tries to figure out why is this guy asking me to kill him? Mm-hmm. But that's Isn't just that the first movie. That's the movie too. Oh yeah. And Fletch Lives has nothing to do with, uh, there's no <laughs> books that have to do yeah. with that. Is it as funny as the movies? And that's what I was going to say. The reason I bring these up and these are PG 13, mm-hmm. um, but they are like, when I read these books, it was amazing because I could see Chevy Chase as Fletch in these roles and like they're quick witted, they're fun, they're mysteries. Like I said, really quick reads and there's 11 books. I have not read all the books. I've read three, four, five, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, but I just kind of burned through them because I'm like, these are really fun to do. And they've tried a couple of times. There's one called Fletch One, and it's W-O-N, but it's a prequel to the other ones of kind of Fletch getting his start. And they've tried to adapt that a number of times with uh, Kevin Smith directing. Uh, and they've also uh, tried to get Jason Lee, Ben Affleck, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Braff, uh, Jason Sudeikis, they've, they keep trying to do these movies with these different people, but they've never quite got off the ground to right. relaunch the Fletch series. But they're fun reads. If you, if you have a chance, I recommend going to read those if you like quick mystery comedy novels. Mine isn't so much a hipster book. In fact, he's a very popular novel novelist. You'd see him in air, airport bookstores all the time. Uh, it's written by Dean Koontz, and it's Odd Thomas. It's a hipster movie because hmm. it's very... You, it's hard to find. Yes. We know, then, we know it, that movie. Ken yeah. loves yeah, that Anton movie. Anton Yelchin. It's so good. It's Anton so Yelchin. It's, it it's, it's basically Sixth Sense grown up. But I don't know this one. Uh, the book actually really? made me cry. Mm. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a solid movie. And, and the book series is great. And so it's sad that the movie got stuck in development or release. I don't know. The studio really messed yes. with the release. They didn't put any money into it because there are creatures in it that you watch and you go, that's kind of laughable. Yeah. But the story itself is it's, actually it's good. And even, it's with a great the, even with the bad CGI, it's yeah. still a good movie to watch. And, and Anton Yelchin, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, and now it's like, well, he passed away. Right. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they didn't, because it's like, it's a good look at Anton Yelchin in a and it's a really role. quick read so, as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, but, yeah, great but a choice. Good, good series to follow if you want some good fun thriller uh, mysteries. So cool. All right, next category is going to be the movie isn't faithful to the book, but you're really happy about that. Mine is How to Train Your Dragon by oh, you Chrisetta Cowell. So happy. Yeah, you did. Ken's this, so happy. I love the book series, which is read by um, David Tennant. Oh, he does okay. a great job reading Even the series. Even better, <laughs> but. The books are nothing. The only thing that's the same between the book and the movie are the names of the characters and not even those. Um, Astrid, her name is Kamikaze in the book. Otherwise, everything else is different. Toothless is a small, tiny little dragon, like the size of a squirrel. Um, hmm. The whole series? Yeah. Wow. And the... Really hard for Hiccup to like write. Yes. Yeah. 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 Come on! Buddy. And, and it, it's almost like the movie should have been a prequel to what the books are because... Uh, the books, they already have dragons as part of their society. They're mm-hmm. already training them. And Hiccup, you know, is, is training this really small dragon while the others are training big ones. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's, a, again, great movie. One of Kent's favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the book's really good, too. Chrisetta Cowell even says, like, I knew the movie wasn't going to be the same as the book, but that's okay. It's a different medium. I know that they're going to change things. They changed everything, but okay. she loves them. And so if the author loves the movies too, you know, it's good. That's pretty so, rare when an yeah. author is like, yeah, you changed all my work, mm-hmm. but she does a great, it, it's yeah. great. And David Tennant, great reader. Yeah. So. I chose one. This was probably one of my favorite books of all time too. Like this is this one. Lord of the Flies are both up there. It's actually the Princess Bride. So I never read the book. Well, the book's fantastic. It is. So the movie is that's one an honorable of, mention. The movie's me. so good. The movie's so good. But the book is 
really different. It's because, strange at times. Yeah, because it is. It's I all a frame story one. about a, a son uh, kind of recapping the story that his his father, father, grandfather, grandfather. Yeah, grandfather told yeah. him. And then it goes back and forth between in the story and outside the story. And he made up this whole thing about this fictional book that never existed by S. Morgenstern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, it feels like a Wes Anderson sort of thing. It's a little it's like it's very meta. deep yeah, from the very beginning. But you get backstories on Fezzik. You get backstories on Vincini. You get backstories on Inigo Montoya. And I, I read the book, obviously, after I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And it gave me it made the movie so much richer. But I was like, there's no way they could have fit all that story mm-hmm. and all those side notes and all those frame stories yeah. in the movie. It would have been you too confusing. I remember trying and to see that as Gold- a teenager and there was like a whole chapter on the woods. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Is that yeah. a thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But I love this book. And the ending in the book is much darker uh, because yeah. basically the grandfather says, and here's how it ended. And then he actually goes back and reads the book and realizes his grandfather softened totally it. Totally changed it. Bad yeah. stuff happened at the end of the book. Oh. Yeah. And so then he kind of says, do, you know, do I resent my grandfather for changing the story? Do I love him for it? There's this whole conflict yeah. there. But yeah, the, they wouldn't quite work for a simple movie like that no, in that time. No. And they, uh, William Goldman, the author, worked on the he wrote the, the screenplay. He wrote the screenplay, and I think yeah. that's why it works because he said, "Okay, here's the essential story." And he wrote it for his daughters. He did, and uh, he wrote it, and he wrote the screenplay, and I think that's why it works because he was, I mean, like we said, screenwriting and novel writing are very different. Yeah, but he knew what he wanted to say mm-hmm. and was able to. Rob Reiner was able to bring it to life. If you do want to read a book about the Princess Bride, uh, as you wish by Carrie Elwes. He reads about the, the mo- audiobook. Yeah. He it's about the making of the movie. Great, great book. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, Princess Bride. If you haven't read it, highly recommend reading yes. it. Yes. So for my choice, I'm gonna upset Joel real quick. Nice. I could go with The Shining, Finally. but I'm gonna go with Stephen King's The Mist. The Mist. This is not faithful to the book, and I'm very happy about it because it went from it's a short story. He it just does whenever he brings up that movie, I get it. It was in the short story <laughs> collection Skeleton Crew. So it wasn't it was just a novella. It's 134 pages. Stephen King wrote this in 1985. And it's all about just kind of like the movie. It's these people in a grocery store and there's there's good people, bad people, very religious, very uh, non-believers inside. And it's it's a very like group think sort of movie and like following mob mentality and being afraid of the Lovecraftian monsters that are outside. So in the book, they kind of just drive out into the mist and it just kind of dwindles. It goes nowhere and it becomes a very forgettable novella. Typical Stephen King stuff where yeah. the ending goes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You didn't have a plan, did you? The movie <laughs> punches you in the face, knocks you over. Made Joel cry, apparently. Made, well, <laughs> it's, it's worse than I that. I wasn't crying. It is the biggest. I wasn't crying. It is the biggest gut angry. punch. Oh. Because oh, really? it's a horrible, horrible situation. And what these characters, well, what one character does, and I don't want to spoil so it. Wait, so is it an effective ending? It is so no. entirely effective. That's what bothered me because I was like, it honestly felt like a and I was like, really? Without spoiling anything. At the end of this movie? Really? It is. Because this this book is, or this novella, this story is all about how we are just specks of dust compared to these giant monsters. And the things that we do in times of crisis are, are insane. And insane things happen at the end. And it is so heart-wrenching that I'll never forget this movie because of how it made me feel at the end. And granted, it can make you feel as grimy as you can possibly get. But it would have been a forgettable movie had it gone with Stephen King's ending. I'll leave it there. Forgettable movie. Okay. It's great, actually. <laughs> the monsters are You've never freaking awesome. <laughs> Next category is the most overrated book to movie adaptation. It shouldn't be a surprise that I'm going to pick Twilight because I'm picking <laughs> Twilight. Now you want to know most overrated book and most overrated movie? Yes. Okay. Now this is also a fun. Wait, no, 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 no. These is movies it? are not overrated. Yes. yes. 
Yes, they no, are. They are not. No, they yes, were just they rated no, right because like they made three point three billion dollars at the box doesn't office. Doesn't mean overrated. Doesn't mean they were rated. Overrated. Just means they were. They're seen. rated exactly where they're supposed no, to be. No, they were not. Now this is one of the <laughs> if, fudges on if my. If tracks is making it, you haven't read those books though. That's the fudge. But Kent and I have. No, the fudge is the fudge is. I tried <laughs> to read the it. first book. I got about uh, two chapters in. and I went. I'm done. And I read all the Wikipedia synopses of all the books. So I've gone through and read each one of the books in that way. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm not wasting my time on this. Right. And I don't understand why people liked them so much. I tried. And I was like, this is stupid. There are I very psychological reasons terrible. why people yes. do though, Joel. But we uh, may not understand. I, I have to like him because the sister-in-law of one of my good friends from high school is the author. So I've got connections. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but this is one of those books that bravo to Stephanie Meyer for taking a random fever dream and turning into a billion dollar fr- multi-billion dollar franchise but i just cannot that's the best get part of this movies. whole thing that's the best part of everything here i really it's, it maybe it's the it. only good part of everything here wait the fever what? dream aspect no no the fact that she just it, it was like this just this dream she had she was like oh, that's a cool feeling let me write about that she and then it turned into this. she wrote yeah. the first novel in, crazy. Th- in three months from dream to when she completed the novel three Great. months and by the way <laughs> if you guys don't realize that is lightning yes. that is very yeah. fast uh, it's crazy uh, fast. yeah jacob i was gonna say uh, the only one that's uh, written a novel in the room unless drew drew has no i have not written yeah a novel. it takes a lot of time yeah it it's takes a lot, a lot of, of time yeah. uh by the way Stephen uh Stephen king said regard comparing stephanie meyer to jk rowling <laughs> the real difference between rowling and meyer is that joe rowling is a terrific writer and stephanie meyer can't write worth a darn she's not very good and then uh, a quote from Robin Brown says, Harry Potter is about confronting fears, finding inner strength, and doing what is right in the face of adversity. Twilight is about how important it is to have a boyfriend. <laughs> Do you know what's nice, though? Stephanie Meyer doesn't get on Twitter years and months after she writes something and then adds something to the canon. That is yeah. true. She's much less That annoying. is true. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's kind of gone out of, like, she's kind of doing her own thing now. Yeah. Well, it's because so. of harassment. She gets on Bacon Cell today. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> she so actually scared. wrote a book that almost made my hipster pick. And really? That was uh, the, the Host. Host. Yes, that was almost my hipster pick. It was a good, slow movie, good, slow book. Mm-hmm. Really good. I, I enjoyed it with Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan Saoirse is Ronan. in the movie. I'll say yes. that. Yes, she is in the movie. <laughs> anyway, yes. But you guys probably don't like There's it. my overrated. Okay. The overrated uh, book to movie. I'm going to say great book, overrated movie that somehow people like and I don't even understand is World War Z. So this <laughs> wait, book. Wait, wait, wait. Your overrated book? The book is amazing. The, the movie is amazing. Okay. Okay. The movie Thank should you. not be liked by anybody. No. And I'm looking at Jake because I took him to this screening way back <laughs> I when. was actually thinking I like of the, the host, movie. too. The host is the first one you took me to. Yeah, it's I true. like was the it? movie. Yeah, we I like love it. the okay. book. I don't understand who you are then. The, the movie was it's zombie like you fluff. Read the book. It's zombie fluff. It oh, has yeah. nothing to do with the movie. I had to separate the movie from the book. Then why call it World War Z? Why not call it Brad Pitt, UN agent? This is the one it ended. And I turned to Kent and I'm like, because I break the rule before you get to the car. I'm like, well, that was better than I expected. And he glared at me. He <laughs> yeah. glared at me. And the book, I, he was like, was so good. Are so you good. crazy? And, I, yeah. and I'm like, oh, come on, man. Name a better zombie movie. And he said, quote, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this movie. Really? Because it's just jet setting Brad Pitt trying to find a cure from these raptor zombies. And that's not what the book was about. It's no. actually really interesting because in the book, the outbreak starts in China and then China tries to distract everyone by starting a conflict with Taiwan. Uh-oh. And then there's a, the outbreak is really kept under wraps. This it's called corona. African rabies. What you're saying sounds more boring. More, <laughs> no, more people die from the panic than the actual infection just it sounds very relevant no, the the, but, but what's great about it's uh, all these vignettes into different people's that's lives that's just it and yeah. this in, is the this apocalypse. is the audiobook i will recommend 
in this show because mm-hmm. you've got Nathan Fillion, Simon Pegg, Jerry yeah, Ryan, Paul readers. Sorbino, Henry Rollins, Denise Crosby, Alan Aldo, Alfred Molina, wow. all reading their own chapter. Mm-hmm. And they are giving these very specific points of from outbreak to 10 years after the fact. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful and soul crushing and it's wonderful. And the movie is a freaking mess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like this movie. It's fine. It is not fine. <laughs> C plus. <laughs> For mine, I'm going to start off by reading a review. I'm a huge fan of the book, but seeing this different version of the story pulled the wool over my eyes and gave me the impression that it felt like an original type of blockbuster event. I typically hate the reliance on nostalgia and references. See also Big Bang Theory, Family Guy, Stranger Things, and in time, I'll probably hate this movie. Kent Dunn, Showtime Showdown. Ready Player One. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I knew exactly what it was. I did not like the book. Uh, really? The book was fun, but just from the beginning, the world building just turned me off. Like I could not imagine a I world a where we intro. just run out of gas. Like there's no way that economics works that way. Like all of a sudden <laughs> everybody's like, oh, we don't have gas. That's your hang up on the, on the well, <laughs> that, that starts it off. And then to, you have this like altruistic owner of the Oasis. And it's like, if he has all this money, why doesn't he solve the other crisis of no gas? You know, like <laughs> yeah, no, in, uh, in poverty, exactly. like there's huge poverty. People are killing each other. People are enslaved by this corporation. Okay. And but with all the illness going around, don't you think people will just retreat into a virtual world? Yeah. Stay home so. and be but introverts. That, but then the book, the, but then the movie, it's just, again, reliance on nostalgia. You strip all that nostalgia away and it's just a big company bag. It's a loot chase. Yeah. And it's dumb. I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't like it. I thought even the writing of the book, it relied so heavily. It didn't just say they hopped into a DeLorean. It said they hopped into a DeLorean that was exactly like the one from the movie with blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and totally explain it. It's not like a little name drop. It's a whole, if you don't catch this bit of nostalgia, you... He's writing for the millennials. He wrote it in 2011. He's yeah. like, people forgot about this. And it's the only book. He wrote one other book. And Armada, which failed mm-hmm. miserably. So, did you like you this, hate or not? this movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't like the movie as much as the book, but I really do enjoy yeah. the book. I, I, I did it. The movie was fun to watch, but again, it's, it was overrated. I feel like uh, in 2011, that was before that was post VH1's I Love the 80s, but pre <laughs> all this nostalgia stuff that we're getting now. Yeah. And so it was, it felt fresh at the time. And the movie itself was years and yeah. years too late for that. But yeah, I also couldn't believe that a 16 year old in the future would be that obsessed with eighties culture. I'm thinking when I was 16, would I have been ex- obsessed with the twenties and thirties? Yeah. You should hear no. us talk to Mats Mudro. <laughs> 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 All right. So we're going to go back to the quiz. Yes. Have your buzzers ready. Ready. Drew, are you ready for score? Yes, I'm ready for score. Awesome. All right, first question is, this Christmas movie based on the book The Greatest Gift was given wings by a new title. I'm reading the book. Ah, Joel. That is It's a Wonderful Life. That's correct. Good job, Joel. Thank you. Joel, you know a lot of random crap. Cinefix. <laughs> he doesn't read a lot of books, but he knows all these. <laughs> he does. He does. This book never got its title right. After it was first adapted to film, it changed to Manhunter. But after its sequels increased the popularity of the books and... Can I just guess... Go ahead. Book it. Ken? Red Dragon. Yes. That's correct. Hey. So it changed from Red Dragon to Manhunter to match the first, and then it yeah, changed back. Yeah, and then the next movie was Red, Red Dragon. Dragon yes. So then it changed back to Red Dragon. So. That's Sons of the Lambs uh, series. Yes. Thomas Harris. Yeah. This adaptation was first titled The Orchid Thief. Oh, mercy. Uh, that's not your buzzer. Uh, Hint, Nicolas Cage. This adaptation 
Let's book it. Adaptation. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Drew. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yes. good. All right. I mentioned that earlier Great on movie. the show. I mentioned yeah. adaptation earlier on the show. <laughs> While oil may be the blood that gives life to your car, oil was not the title that gave life to this movie. Book it. There Get. will be blood. That's correct. Upton Sinclair. Good job. Nice. The book, we can remember it for you, was made into a movie twice. Can you recall its title? Oh, uh, uh, I'm reading the book. Total <laughs> Recall. Correct. That's all awesome. right. Nice. Can you recall? <laughs> yeah. I'm now looking for hints in the thing if <laughs> yeah. I don't know it. <laughs> there's, you can't. Yeah, there's hints on like all of these. Before his dog was killed, this hellblazer sought redemption from a suicide attempt in this comic book movie. I'm reading book the it. book. Yeah, uh, Kent. Kent. It, was, it was me? I think it was Kent. Oh, okay. Is it, was it me? I'll Constantine. Judge goes to sure, Kent. I don't know. Uh, Ken Reeves, Constantine, you know, all That's that. That's right, but yes. I'm giving the point to Joel. Is that what you said too? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's say that. You're giving the point to Joel? No. no. <laughs> Deja Thoris is the name of the Princess of Mars. But what is the name of the I'm book? book. That's Joel. John Carter. Correct. Yes. Coach Carter sequel. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Name the former professions of these blockbuster authors. Ooh. John Grisham. Book it. Kent. Lawyer. Correct. Ooh. Michael Crichton. I'm reading a book. Joel, it's it's what you think it is. Scientist? Mm-mm. Book it. No. Professor? Mm-mm. No. I actually knew this one. Uh, he was a doctor. He wrote ER. Ah. I, I read it in a thing because he was like, he would go and diagnose someone when he was like med school. And he'd be like, that's interesting. But what if it was actually this that was <laughs> happening to you? And he's like, I think I should become a writer. Interesting <laughs> strain. <laughs> Stephen King. Before he was a writer, he was... I should know this. I don't know. High school teacher. Oh. Tom Clancy. I'm reading a book. Joel. Is he uh, CIA? No, he was an insurance salesman. <laughs> it sounded like he was I was CIA. just about to say that. <laughs> and last one, Dan Brown. Book it. Historian? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm reading a book. Yeah, Joel. He was a symbologist. <laughs> <laughs> Joel went. Give him all the points for that. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Because symbologist was, the, was the correct answer. Okay. I bet there were short songs. Uh, they were about, you know, yeah. 30 seconds each. Uh, his first CD was actually titled Angels and Demons. Oh. Really? Out. <laughs> all right. Last quiz question worth 10 million points. Oh, no. It's worth 1 million points. <laughs> Big what, change. What movie is based on the book Q&A? By Vickis Swarup. So what movie is based on the book Q&A? It's mm-hmm. worth a million points. Yeah. I don't think maybe a million dollars. Book it. Kiss. Wait, did he actually say a million dollars in there? Slumdog Millionaire. That's no. correct. Yeah! Oh, come yeah. on! <laughs> I thought you were making up the points at the end. No, that was that, in the question? In the question. Yeah. I thought Jacob was just being like, this is worth a million points. Yep, million points. Okay, <laughs> million points. points to Kent. Good job, Kent. One million and... I think he Joel should win for symbology, though. <laughs> Joel is so mad right now. To nine and a half. <laughs> I am mad. I should have got that. I've never read the book. All, All right. right. So Fun. for the final category of the episode, this is slightly different. This is the author with the best adaptations. What author do you think has gotten the luckiest? Drew, I'd like to end with you. So I'm going to go first on this one. I'm kind of cheating because they're plays and the author is William Shakespeare. Dang it, Kent. I have right here, mine's kind of a twist because I don't think you wrote a single novel. It's right. totally cheated, guys. Yeah. Totally well, cheated. Cheaters. I was just thinking, <laughs> Take points away from I, was, I was thinking of all these different authors. I was doing, well, this one had this many movies, this one had this movies, and then look at Shakespeare's movies and I'm like, he's got so many good adaptations. Yeah, So many good ones. He does. And it's it's both Including TV 10 Things movies, I Hate About You. I don't have that on my list. That's weird. <laughs> uh, but no, the Guinness Book of World 
Records lists 410 feature-length film and TV Sweet versions of William Shakespeare's yeah. plays. Well, no wonder there's some good ones. Yeah. How can there not be with But there's also a lot of bad ones. As sure. of July 2018, <laughs> the Internet Movie Database lists, the shake, lists Shakespeare's having writing credits on 1,371 films. Wow. It's insane. Uh, the earliest known production was actually back in 1889, King John. Uh, most of, over half of all the Shakespeare film adaptations are based on either Hamlet, or I shouldn't say either, Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, and Othello. Those are the most commonly ones. Hamlet being the most adapted screen, uh, Shakespeare play. Kent, were there right. any other facts you got? Nope, just uh, awesome movies like Warm Bodies, Strange Brew, Valley Girl, Romeo Must Die, every Hamlet movie. I love the Hamlet 96 one. That almost yeah. got yeah, that's into great. several of my categories And actually, here. I almost put the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, like as one. the see the movie instead of reading the book for yes. school. Yeah. But I didn't because it's a play, not a book. So, so we yeah. cheated. So well, you yeah. totally cheated. So true, prove us wrong. Well, okay, let's see if you can guess the author. 11 of his books have been made into movies. His movies have starred... Robin Wright, Richard Gere, Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, oh. Amanda Siegfried, Can I oh. Jenny Tatum, many we, more. Yeah, keep going. No, that's all. Go ahead. Nicholas Sparks? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's not oh, him. Oh, God. No. I've never read one of his books. The Drew twist right there. Yes, but this author is known for being a favorite of the feminine persuasion. Many men are prejudiced against the books Jane Austen. and refuse to read them. Yes. I'm reading Jane the books. Austen. Jane Austen. <laughs> so, yes, I think she's got Wait, great prejudice against reading the books. Men no, are. It was a, men it was a, are. I said, it was a many hint. men are prejudiced against the books. That was a hint. Pride oh, and prejudice. You get it. Pride and prejudice. Now, I was actually going to use yeah. Pride and Prejudice uh, for uh, the characters fit. The, the characters, yeah, uh, because of the nineteen. The Kira Knightley one. No, 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 no. The, the miniseries oh. with uh, Colin Firth. In that, in as Mr. Darcy, yeah, like that one. But was, that's not a movie. That's well, a it's a TV. It's a miniseries movie. <laughs> but go ahead with your. Oh, uh, see, I, I really like the Kira Knightley version, and I think it does a great job of taking the book and when you don't have six hours to to develop all the characters mm-hmm. and then, and putting that whole book into one ninety minute movie. Mm-hmm. That that one does does a great. It's job. not an easy task. But all but, of all yeah. all of her books have been made into good movies. Maybe not the best, but they're all great. Stellar adaptations. Yeah, I, I think Jane Austen adaptations usually no. do pretty well. Sense and Sensibility. And that's Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma, you know, even some of her lesser ones. Northanger Abbey, know. was that turned into a movie yet? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it has. Well, it's yeah. a series, at least. A BBC then, series. Like, yeah. Love and Friendship even was an unfinished Kate Beckinsale. stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's actually a good Kate Beckinsale movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Surprise. I'm so surprised, kids. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Kate. Yes. The, and, and then even like modern adaptations like Clueless or Bride and Prejudice, the Bollywood movie of Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is great. And I think it's because the creators of the movies really love the books and want to pay homage to the books. They're not just and even for the money. Austin Land is a fun little yeah. spinoff thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. You should. You have. So. <laughs> well, they have a new movie coming out, a new adaptation of Emma that I'm actually really intrigued yeah. by. Yeah, too. I do want to see that. Joy. Yeah. yeah. So fun fact, on December 11th, 2017, Netflix announced that a person in Chile Watched The Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley 278 times oh. during the entire year. It's an invasion oh. of privacy. It was later <laughs> reported. <laughs> this guy, he they narked out. <laughs> that person was a 51 year old woman who declared herself obsessed duh, with the film wow. and saw Elizabeth Bennett as a feminist icon. Well, she so. just played it in the background constantly. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great oh, choice. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Jane Austen, you're, you're exactly right. Jane Austen is one of those authors that when they adapt her works, 
it's usually pretty spot on of what she did. Yes. Yeah. I, and even the twists on them, like when you get like a clueless or something uh-huh. like that, it's like, well, still, you can it's, see the, the, the fingerprints here of Jane yeah. Austen. My wife actually played the BBC version of uh, uh, Pride, and Pride, and Pride and Prejudice so many times. I could I could quote like huge lengths of it because it was in the background yeah. constantly for the first Same few for years a of marriage. The, the BBC <laughs> version was actually the reason why I started reading Jane Austen. Some friends from college invited me over to watch it. It's an I was the only guy in their room impressive. watching it and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. All so six excited. hours? Yeah. Yes. All, well, not all in one sitting. We did. You it get over. a Snuggie for that. Yes. <laughs> I, and I wasn't even interested in any of those women. What? 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 Are you doing I know. There? Weird. You are a saint, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but I started reading I the cr- books and really I have a crush on books. So there you go. Wow. So we got through it. We got through the categories. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Let us know what your answers are for each of the categories. We love hearing book recommendations almost as much as we love hearing movie recommendations. Yes. And there's so both. many other books we haven't covered, too. Yeah. So. So oh, many. so many. This could so easily many. be another. Honestly, uh, I like series. the whole like bacon sale book party, book club, whatever it book is. Yeah. Like a deep dive for a movie, but with the book. Oh, the book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that actually so Drew, would be pretty fun. Here at the end of the show, we like to give our guests uh, the opportunity to give a shout out or, or promote anything they want to promote. Feel free to do so. Uh, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to my boys, Brecken and Reed. What's up? Uh, they listen to Bacon Sale. Not our, every episode, <laughs> but they'll be listening to this one. And my wife, Suzanne, thanks for letting me be here. And uh, I, you can follow me on Twitter at Crew Dutler or on Goodreads, if you want to see my book reviews, uh, Crew Dutler on awesome. Goodreads as well. And you leave a review for everything you read? Uh, I leave at least the stars. Okay. Sometimes I'll actually write a review if okay. I care enough about Very it. Very cool. cool. Awesome. Nice. Cool. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, our wonderful, amazing patrons, just like... Uh, crew Dutler here, and uh, we're very glad. So we'd like to thank the I and the Listener category first, Terry Finley, Stephen Ross, Adrian Gray, Chris Draught, Braden Winterton, Crew Dutler. Woo! <laughs> I like that we have it written like that in yeah. here too. Yeah. He, that's how he wrote it. Colton <laughs> Cook, Jennifer Kilkowski, Arsenal, and finally, Kyler from A More Civilized Podcast, our favorite Star Wars podcast. <laughs> full, full name. And then from the Baking Council, we'd like to thank Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Matt Mudro, reverse and reverse listener. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quick Wits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, at showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers and Bacon Sale on Twitter at Bacon Sale and on Instagram. Go check out our merchandise store, tpublic.com slash bacon sale. There's a lot of cool things there that you can buy. And uh, thanks, Drew, for representing tonight. Yeah. Uh, also, a nice green shirt. Uh, we just gave our love to the patrons, but there's always new content that's going there. Lots of cool stuff. We may have just spent an episode on the coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Super it was, happy good it was a really, up, it was a big uplifter. And then at the end of it, Ken starts talking about a dating story, which we didn't record. Can't uh, wait to let us down. Next time? Next time. Okay. <laughs> Next time. So we're really grateful to you there. Um, and if you would like more content or would like to support us, your, uh, your support will not go unthanked. Mm-hmm. And until next time, call me Ishmael. Do you have bad experiences with your grandma? We can disappoint you soon. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? Fifteen could go pretty fast if you guys. I want to give an honorable mention to Fifty Shades of Grey. Have you? you plus, Fifty Shades of Grey. What'd you say? It depends what you guys are going to talk it's about. It's recorded. I know, but it's not because you talked over it. Ha ha! We have, Ken. We have gone without arguing. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. That's sinning, but okay. Uh, <laughs> It's right. like the Superman of 
brand. They had a we over. have a shared childhood experience. <gasps> it's finally Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not with coronavirus. <laughs> no, no, we can't touch anymore. <laughs> Jake. I like Putting young adult fiction. <laughs> I'm Aria. Come over here. I get blamed for so much kin stuff. I get credit for a lot of Joel stuff. <laughs> Being an idiot is no box of chocolates. If you have Paris Hilton cameoing in your children's movie, you gotta wonder yeah. where your priority is. Or when... Because the military is evil? You know we have a guy with the Air Force yeah. in the room. <laughs> this guy does his research. Wow. Uh, now I'm scared. Oh, well, can we have Corona? When's the singing start? <laughs> He's like the Dan Brown of the 80s and 90s. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, what's happening here? He doesn't seem like an astrobotanist. The pacing is nearly perfect and makes the long movie feel short. <laughs> B. Kent Dunn. Showtime Showdown. <laughs> Look. <laughs> it's a fine movie. <laughs> I just like the book a lot more. That's high praise. I know. Kent Dunn, yeah. Good job, buddy. Read some books. Call him by his Dr. Seuss name. I'm reading the book. That's so long. He always I'm reading the book. <laughs> but don't you ever interrupt me when I'm reading the book. Village of the Darned. Instead of Deadites, it was the Catholic Church. Fortnite is pretty cool, and Overwatch is pretty cool, right, guys? Yes. Because of Rumspringa? Because of Rumspringa. The movie punches you in the face, knocks you over. Then why call it World War Z? Why not call it Brad Pitt, UN agent? Name a better zombie movie. And he said, quote, all of them. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You know a lot of random crap. Nope. No, that's a stupid guess. Can you get and I wasn't even interested in any of those women. What? what? what are you doing I know, there? weird. We're a saint, sir. <laughs> <laughs> really I have a crush on books. Southern. <laughs> what? You're talking in parcel tongue. Parcel tongue. No, you don't actually say <laughs> parcel tongue when you speak parcel tongue. Uh, do you? Do, maybe you speak parcel tongue because you're a Slytherin. I actually said it in snake voice. You just heard parcel tongue. <gasps> <laughs> it's not. What'd you say? What about my mom? You speak parcel tongue? <laughs>